0: Hi there, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the EM podcast from the film Exiles, and this is a special episode. Today, we're just going to focus on one topic, and it's going to be this uh, revealing, insightful article in Vanity Fair, and it is titled, The True Story of Justice League. The shocking, exhilarating, heartbreaking true story of hashtag the Snyder Cut. And joining me today to break it all down like it's never been broken before are two road warriors, two of my homies. When I'm going into war, into battle against all those trolls under those wrecked bridges in the wasteland, I would rather have no one beside me but these guys, Christian and Manu. Christian, welcome to the podcast.
1: Once again, you say something that's like I can't live up to it, man. It's <laughs> the truth, though. That's all I can offer. All I feel I the can love. Offer the truth. <laughs> I feel the love, though. So I'm happy about that. But hey, it's good to be here. And it's good to hear from both of you guys. All
0: right, cool. As usual, I'm glad to hear your, you know, sort of outsider slash insider, one foot in, one foot out perspective. That's is true. in case you guys don't know, uh, Christian uh, is sort of like our Marvel resident expert so he always gives us a really well-balanced uh, perspective and also joining us is manu uh,
2: how you guys doing man it's good to it's good to be on it's been a while um i've, I've missed talking to you both um yeah. and it doesn't matter if um, christian can't live up to it i'll carry the load as i always seem to do <laughs> <Of
1: course. laughs> you said load <laughs> <laughs>
2: Thank you for the making both
0: of our back. Thank, thank, you for making both of our points. <laughs> <laughs> the swag is back. All right, gentlemen. So let's get into this article. And the way we're going to do it is we're going to break it down by sections. Um, and so let's start. Zack Snyder, the director of Justice League, has never seen Justice League. His name is in the credits as the filmmaker, but he's never sat through the version released to the world three years ago. His wife, Deborah, who produced the movie, advised him not to. In late 2017, months after the couple cut ties with the superhero epic amid an increasingly demoralizing battle with Warner Brothers, Deborah Snyder sat in a screening room on the studio lot alongside Christopher Nolan, one of the movie's executive producers, as well as the director of the Dark Knight trilogy. She braced herself as the lights went down. It was just a weird experience, she says. Now, I don't know how many people have that experience. You've worked on something for a long time and then you leave and then you see what happened to it. What happened to Justice League was a crisis of infinite doubt. A team of execs who'd lost faith in the architect of their faltering comic book movie empire and a director in the midst of a family tragedy that sapped him of the will to fight. Joss Whedon, a director from another universe, the Marvel Cinematic One, left the Avengers after two movies and crossed over to comics rival DC, picking up Justice League, not where Snyder left off, but remaking it significantly with extensive rewrites and hurried reshoots, just as the studio demanded. On November 17, 2017, the team-up between Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Cyborg, Aquaman, and The Flash did not so much debut in theaters as crash into them. It was sneered at by critics, shrugged at by baffled moviegoers, and all but disowned by those who created it. He forgets to say that it was also disavowed by DC fans. Whedon has since been accused of unprofessional and abusive behavior on set. The director declined repeated requests for comments. He left his name off the movie except to claim a shared writing credit with Chris Terrio, who had written Snyder's previous installment, 2016's Batman v. Superman Dawn of Justice. So I think that's a good place to sort of take a break and let's go over what we've read so far. I know you guys have have read the article before, so you have, you know, some preliminary thoughts. So I'd like to start with Manu manu what's your thoughts on what we've uh, read so far
2: oh uh, well you know uh for the for those of us that have been here since day one like it's none of this is really news uh this is all things that we know that we've heard uh except the the nolan bit which is probably my favorite bit of it all because i can just imagine christopher nolan watching uh justice league and just being like just why being am t- i here yeah. you know so <laughs> i think that's my favorite bit from what we've read so far but uh, for for those of us that have been here since day one, this is all stuff we know. But uh, except a bit about Weed and keeping his name off of the movie, I think he wanted his name more on the movie, but it was not acceptable through to to the Directors Guild uh, rules. I think that that's that was the reason. Uh, but you know, all in all, so far it's uh, it's it's fine so far. It's just you know going over. The, the general story for, for an audience that hadn't really taken it all in. And I think that this piece is aimed at that particular um, population.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, Christian, what do you what do you think of what we've read so far?
1: I think Manu hit on a lot of really good points right there. And even if you're not into the fandom, even if you, are like <laughs> you, you and I have been talking about, I just completed my entire DC rewatch and Warner Brothers blowing crap up Is seems to just be like this running thing throughout Mm. their DC journey, just destroying what came before it, trying to rework it. So this is a nice opening introduction, if you will, that kind of sets the stage for here we go yet again except there's probably going to be a couple different wrinkles in here that maybe you didn't know about. Mm-hmm. And definitely the Nolan thing was, was a big one for me. I, I had no idea about that. I'm not going to pretend like I did. Um, and the one thing I'll, I'll note one more time before I throw it back to you, Lupe. And we've said this in what, five, six episodes now, like whoever the higher ups were, whoever made this decision that this is what they were going to do. Um, you know, you set me up as, as you know, like the Marvel fan at the beginning. And it's like, this didn't even please us. So this mm-hmm. was a failure across every spectrum mm. a colossal failure and yeah i think it's a good setup for that to to get people to, to interested to move forward and read the story
0: yeah yeah uh personally i i mean i'm someone you know who's been very close to this situation for years so most of this isn't news uh to me i think things the looking at the article i'm always looking for a balanced, unbiased recollection so that people who are reading the story get the truth about it. And from what I can see, um, where I have a little bit of issue with it is that just starting off, I don't think that it's taken into account the perspective of D.C. fans, D.C.U. fans, people who had been along for the ride since man of steel um i think that uh the line where it talks about how you know critics sneered at it moviegoers were baffled and those who created it disowned it i I think that you can see that the the writer of this article anthony bresnikan doesn't understand uh dc fans or doesn't think that the perspective of dc fans is important Uh, yeah that's
2: kind of i'm sorry that that's kind of what i was going to say uh we don't we don't matter we never have that's kind of been the whole point of this whole thing it's just that we everybody acted like we didn't exist for how long you know like it's just it's just i mean for me i'm just used to it by now you know what i'm saying it's just what we've been what we've been used to we we don't count we don't matter Ah, uh, but carry on. Sorry. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, no, no. You're, you're, you're right. And so, for for people who are listening to this, um, if you're part of the Snyder Cut DCEU fandom, or if you're not, I, I want you to be aware that that's a very uh, important omission by this journalist. It's a blind spot in his uh, in his vision. Also, I also found it very interesting uh, the line where they talk about. Uh, you know, disowned by those who created it and talk about, you know, the hurried reshoots just as the studio demanded. And it's it's this corporate speak where the studio is this nameless, faceless entity. Meanwhile, we know that it's people making this, these decisions. And many of the people who are making those decisions are actually featured in this article. And there's this, you know, sort of, uh, Mia culpa um, attempt to wash their hands off uh, the issue meanwhile it's them that created this mess in the first place so as we go through this article it's just going to be very fun to see how people try to distance themselves from the decisions that they made and blame those decisions on quote unquote the studio when it's like my guy you are the studio <laughs> You know, uh, at whatever level of executive decision making they find themselves. Whether it's mid-management or upper tiers of management. You are the studio. You made those decisions. You, you, you ensured that this uh, saga, you know, uh, happened. Uh, so let's continue. All right? Publicly, everyone close to the movie practiced their smiles and rehearsed their talking points in the hopes of doing no further damage to the project. Not that it helped much. The movie earned $657 million globally, which sounds like a lot of money until you consider the nearly $300 million budget. Including the reported $25 million for Whedon's work, plus a conservative estimate of $100 million to $150 million for marketing costs, factor in the sizable cuts theater's take from box office, and the return of only $657 million. It's a clear money loser. Six months later... Justice League's box office was dwarfed by Marvel's own all-star showcase Avengers which flexed its muscles to 2 billion. What do you guys think of of this section? He goes into a little bit of uh talking about, you know, like box office, box office expectations and just painting that picture using uh the box office returns. Uh let's start with Christian.
1: Yeah, you know, I think Mono and I were talking about this a little earlier. There's not much to say about this particular paragraph. I mean, this is studio speak, marketing speak, HBO, uh, HBO, sorry, uh, Hollywood accounting speak, you know, if you will. And of course, it's all about the money. Every movie's got to make a billion dollars. The studio executives have that in their mind, blah, 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 blah. blah. Uh, And set the thing up for failure automatically. Um, Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. they could pin the blame on whoever they wanted to after it was done, right? After the failure is complete, well... Whose names on the project?
0: Yep, yep, absolutely. Manu, what do you think?
1: Uh,
2: I think, um, like uh, something that I've noticed in this piece, and even in the, uh, I think it was the Hollywood Reporter piece last uh, last May when it was announced that the that the like the cut was coming. It's it's again like you said, the same corporate speech. It's trying to insulate and protect the people who did make these decisions to that you know led us to the. Um, the what's the word I'm I'm looking for? Um, damn, I had it at the tip of my tongue, but it'll come back to the failure that was um, that was Justice League, uh, and here we have it again. And you know, I think it's 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 unfortunate. I wish, but it's just how these things work. Uh, when you wanna when because these people are still currently working at uh, Warner Brothers, and yes, they are. Uh, so. They're never going to be uh, attacked directly as long as they still have power. Um, so, it, again, it's unfortunate, but it is um, as we'd expect. Oh, and the word I was going to say before is that Justice League is an institutional failure. It's a failure from the whole entire studio. Uh, many people had to make mistakes for that to, to occur. So uh, I think that it's, it's a shame that we can't talk... Like, again... I I like this article. I think it's a very good article, but uh, it it really um, does a good job of presenting facts in a very uh, peculiar way.
0: Mm, mm, I agree. Um, I think for me, what stands out to me is that this whole discussion about box office is absolutely, totally, 100% pure, organic, homegrown, free-range grade-A horse shit. I have okay. no idea where you're going with all that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I landed on the bullseye because I'm tired of hearing it. You know, the reason why this tragedy happened in terms of the, the movie itself, okay, let's be respectful to, to the larger picture, keeping that in mind, is because of the narrative around box office and expectations and the media using it as a narrative tool to push whatever agenda they want to. Oh, this movie failed because it didn't do as much as this. This movie, you know, is a success because it made this. But then when another movie that they like doesn't make that much, they don't talk about the box office or if it's mentioned, it's minimized, you know? It's just, it's this whole obnoxious thing about box office. We don't want to hear it. Like honestly, it's it's irrelevant to the discussion. These are two separate movie movie franchises. The whole Marvel DC comparison thing is just is asinine, and it needs to stop. You know, and and um, one of the unfortunate, uh, you know, externalities, it's a positive externality of the of the fall of Justice League from just Sweden, is that those comparisons stopped. We stopped really having those, oh, you know, Marvel movies made a billion, and it was like, everybody just accepted, DC movies are not going to make Marvel money. And that's pretty much what fans have been saying the entire time. That people, whether it's from the studio or to journalists, need to get it through their thick skulls that DC movies are not going to make as much as Marvel. Marvel, you know, they started their cinematic universe at the right time. They started first, and they got there first, and then they got all these fans. And that's just fine. Uh, I, as long as DC movies make a decent amount of money and can make a profit, then things are fine. With Justice, I, it didn't you know?
2: Uh, so. I agree with you, but uh, I do, I I do feel like the reason why this paragraph on box office is here is to show just how much of a failure Justice League was. I think that that's that that is like the the writer's primary intent. It's to show just how much all of these decisions and all of this like you know, for lack of a better word. I'm sure there's a better word, but I like this word. All of this pussyfooting that Warner Brothers did uh led to this led to this immense failure. And again, cuz I I think this piece is really trying to in its own way, elevate Snyder above a lot of this, um, like you said, bullshit that was laid on his doorstep. And I think that the failure of Justice League in every single possible measure is just uh, f- uh, ferments that idea.
0: Mm, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I do agree with that, but I think, it, but it is a double-edged sword.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, like I said, I agree with you as well, but
0: yeah, definitely. At, at the end of the day. For us movie lovers, if we love the movie and it didn't make two billion dollars, we don't we care. Don't care. Like Batman v Superman made eight hundred million dollars, Avengers: Infinity War made two billion, and I think that Batman v Superman outclasses Avengers: Infinity War any time, any day. And you're, there's no amount of box office prognostication you're going to threaten. that's going to change my mind. And someone might think otherwise, but box office should not be the reason why. But well, there's I a bunch do of understand
1: that had are made 200 million dollars, and I love them. I mean, Absolutely. I just,
2: yeah, what made 200 million dollars?
1: I said there's a bunch of movies in movie. my collections that oh, okay. have not made good money, made 200 million, 150, maybe 300, whatever. But that should not be why I like that movie. The movie spoke to me for a reason. But a lot exactly. of People in studios, executives, whatever. Eh, you know, to them, oh, gotta be. They put a dollar amount at the beginning and say, "You gotta hit that. and If you don't, we can pin the blame on whoever we want." Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I, but I think, I, I think if it, we're going into there, we we we're talking about like a bigger societal and oh, yeah, like our, that like that goes into like so many other things, and because where we've come to a point where art and cinema and these movies are basically like sports. It's mm-hmm. like the box office number is nothing more or less than a scoreboard at the end of the day at this point. So
0: <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, and we need to move up. away from that. And we need and collectively as, as people who read these things, as people who engage with journalists, um, we need to begin to reject these ideas and begin to reject what is being forced fed us. Um, Box office should not be something that that we're engaging with so fervently, and it's just it's because they've artificially drummed up a market for it to feed themselves. That's what it is. Okay, so let's move on. Um, so the next paragraph is a fun one, and I'd like Christian to to talk about about this one. Um, it's uh, after their private screening of the Whedon cut, Nolan and Deborah Snyder emerged into the light with a shared mission. They came and they just said. You can never see this movie. <laughs> Zack Snyder says during lunch at his Pasadena office, a modernist set of cubes jutting from a hillside that overlooks the Rose Bowl. Because I knew it would break his heart, his wife adds. That might seem overly dramatic. It's just show business after all. But the Snyder's hearts had already been through a lot. The battle over Justice sleep was agonizing. But it wasn't the worst thing to happen to their family that year, not even close. So Christian, what what do you think about this uh, this paragraph, this juicy bit of information?
1: Ouch! Ouch! Like that that's uh, that's painful in in so many ways. It's painful in an emotional human way. You know, it, it's painful realizing that his work being cut up and all this other stuff that and he pours himself into it. Right, he's a really passionate person. That's still not the worst thing that happened to the family that year. Obviously we know what did happen. So that hurts. And it also stings that they were like, no, 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 no. This piece of crap is so bad that we <laughs> we, we cannot show it to him in any way, shape, or form. So that paragraph just slices on so many different levels and it hurts. It just mm-hmm. hurts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It's um yeah. Um you 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 nailed it. You nailed it. It's almost like for creators their creations they sometimes call them their their babies yep. so it's yep. almost like having this double and that's the way I always saw it honestly um, I always saw it as it was it was this double tragedy you know um, two things that Zach created you know a child and a film both you know lost um, obviously life, itself is much more important than a film but also people pour their hearts and their souls and themselves into these creations and the the relationship artists have to creations is is one that people shouldn't take for granted that's the reason why deborah said he can't see it it is that serious it is um, but um it's not as serious as what we're getting into next which is um professionally at least things have vastly improved for years, DC fans and Snyder enthusiasts who worshipped his high-obtained brawn like his Dun of the Dead remake, his ancient Greek battle saga 300, and his twisted Watchmen adaptation beat a drum on social media demanding, demanding, demanding that Warner Brothers return Justice League to its original filmmaker and allow him to share his version of the movie. They dubbed it the Snyder Cut. The fans could be clever, but many were horrifically toxic. All of them were relentless, and they grew more numerous over time. Last May, they finally got their wish when Warner saw their potential to leverage all the free publicity and do something unprecedented for its upstart streaming service, HBO Max. It's not uncommon for directors to lose creative control of big-budget studio spectacles or for other filmmakers to step in, but it's unheard of for a studio to return an exiled, to an exiled filmmaker and offer back the power and creative freedom it has yanked away, especially when some of the most beloved and lucrative characters in pop culture history are involved. The Snyder Cut is coming March 18th. So, Manu, I want you to um, talk on this, especially from the perspective of, of a long-time uh, DCU-slash-Snyder fan.
2: Well, I'll start off by saying, y'all heard it, Zack Snyder is in exile, so it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Zach, um, <laughs> Um, I mean, what is there? I I, I don't really know. I don't really have the words for it. it. Um, I I don't understand this line. The fans could be clever, but many were horrifically toxic. Like, I, I think that it's a very intentional, uh, (laughs) the <laughs> choice of words mm-hmm. um i i understand talking about you know the perceived negativity in the fandom i just don't think that this right here is where it should have been right. i thought that uh it really does a disservice to um what the fandom has done as a whole uh and what this story should be centered on which is mm-hmm. uh, zach and his journey mm-hmm. um i think that uh to to take a what you could call a, a right turn in at this part of the essay um is a very I- intended choice and um that's something that I'd like to get into a little bit later in the article but um I just felt that um this lacked a little bit of tact and like an edit there could have done a lot of good for the overall of the piece uh but overall I think that you know again um especially that like last paragraph about how uncommon what has occurred is how this is really this is like new ground that we've broken onto i think it's really important because i've said this for a long time i don't feel like a lot of people that are in the movement actually understood what it was we were attempting to accomplish like i don't think they understood the stakes that were at play or the 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 towering um pushback that we were always going to have because of the fact that we're going up against a multi-billion dollar international company so um so yeah so i think that this really does a good job of of showing just how unique this whole situation was i just wish that you know uh that line hat was not there Hello.
1: Hello. Uh-oh. Did we lose Lupe?
2: No, he's muted.
0: No, no. Oh, I'm hello. right here. He I'm right here. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I was just muted. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, uh, no. I I think Manu nailed it. There's there's nothing more more to say. Uh, I think I think he nailed it. My my thoughts exactly. And for people who are who you know are not aware of things and are reading it, they might come across that and you know they'll be like, hmm, what is this about? But Th- there is this agenda that permeates and infects what is an otherwise good article. And we'll get into it. Um, then we have some really cool pictures from 300 and from Watchmen. Um, I really love that Rorschach picture. It looks like it's it's a little bit maybe overexposed or, you know. But just that that haziness gives it a little bit of texture and a little bit of, of character. Just... Um, A long line in Zack Snyder's, you know, amazing filmography. All right. So the next section says, for the director's devotees, it's a Hollywood ending for a Hollywood story. But for the truly devastating thing that happened to Zack Snyder and his loved ones in 2017, there can be no fix, no do-over. In the throes of the conflict with Warner Brothers, the studios, the Snyder's. 20 year old daughter home from college in the middle of a long struggle with depression took her own life after two years spent largely focused on their other children and extended family zach and deborah went back to work a difficult but vital part of the healing process when they spoke to vanity fair for this story they were complete army of the dead a zombie field heist e- extravaganza that will launch a new multi-pronged franchise for netflix as well as restoring Zack's original vision for Justice League. The latter will be a four-hour event for HBO Max that will raise money for suicide prevention programs that could help spare others the grief that shook his family. Their daughter's death was the reason the Sniders walked away from justice, realizing their fight and spirit was needed at home with their other children and with each other, rather than in a losing battle with a powerful studio. Now she's the main reason he decided to come back. At the end of the movie, it says for Autumn Snyder, says sitting in the shadows of a darkened editing suite, frames from the movie frozen on the screens around him. When he talks about his daughter, the otherwise scrappy, ebullient, fifty-four-year-old filmmaker always looks away. Without her, this absolutely would not have happened. So, Christian, what's your? How how does this section, you know, impact you?
1: Um. You know, this particular, I'm going to take it for granted that you guys and anybody listening is probably sick of me saying it uh, time and again, but I think it's important to get the awareness out there. And um, I'm a suicide attempt survivor. Um, I'm, I, I have clinical depression. I'm going through something right now uh, as we speak. I'm trying to get myself out of it. This particular um, passage in these couple of paragraphs here uh, are painful to read in a lot of ways. And that's what you do when you're fighting through something like this. You focus on your work. In my case, I focus on my music. Um, I play guitar, uh, things like that. And, uh, to have something, uh, taken, uh, from you, uh, when you try to put yourself into it, uh, is devastating. And I, I would, my mother and father told me what they would have felt like if I had actually gone through and, And I and I was able to kill myself. I could only imagine what he and Deborah feel every single day. So uh, I think it's really important. I like the full circle here that it is going to say for Autumn at the end that, you know, she's still the reason that we have this movie in a lot of ways. And that's uh, that's amazing. And it's I think it's more important for people to focus too on the suicide prevention, money raising and things like that. I always think that that's something that needs to be talked about because we tend to talk about how we're getting our Cape movies. And that's wonderful that we're getting Superman and Batman, but that this part of it needs to be talked about. Sometimes I think earlier in a lot of these articles, exposés, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. So um, that that's, that's my take on it. This particular piece uh, made me very emotional reading it.
0: Manu. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what what do you have to say about this? Anything in particular stick out to you? Any, you know? Uh, good, no, good no, I can't.
2: There's nothing much I can add to to what Christian said. Um, I think this is some of the the better parts of the piece right here. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. I, I mean, for me, I I'm still quite critical of this article because, as I said from the beginning, the 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 error in this entire thing is that the journalist did not seek out the perspective of the fans. He's written this entire thing with no knowledge of who the fans are, with no no respect for the fans. Um, I mean that literally and figuratively. Um, Because he writes it as if, you know, oh, the fans are getting, you know, their whatever whatever but you know this is the the, there's actually like a bigger issue you know for the snyders than just you know a movie that the fans are pining over and that shows a, a complete ignorance on the issues at hand i always tell people the reason why the movement for the snyder cut was so sustained so passionate and so powerful was because it was never about one thing the Snyder coming to fruition for, for the vast majority of the fandom was about maybe five, six things. It was about Zack Snyder being wronged, okay? We're talking about someone who's one of the nicest people you'll ever meet, so generous and gracious, and for years being attacked so much by narratives and people Just like a mob of zombies, pun intended, you know, who have been worked up into a frenzy for no good reason, and it leads to the to the to the point where he has this terrible career, you know, uh, uh, tragedy. Then also, for you know, artistic freedom, we always talk about that, but that's something that a lot of people who are not part of this fandom just won't understand that a lot of people who are Zack Snyder fans and part of of this fandom truly love his movies because they represent something to us bigger than just entertainment. They represent art. And we are lovers of art. And it might be nerdy or goofy or whatever. And people might not understand it, but that's fine. We do. And we take that very seriously. So for us, it was important to fight for this type of movie. Then you also have the Justice League, DC, the stories we've been following, you know, there is that as well, which whenever you see a lot of these movements pop up, it's because of that. They've been following these stories and they want the story to continue the way they've been told. And then obviously the fact that a lot of us are actually DC fans and we want to see the characters in the best light possible, at least in our subjective interpretation. Then on top of that, is the death of otten snyder like for us we felt so much for the entire snyder family that coupled with all these things going on then you have this terrible suicide what can we do for this family for this man to make his life easier in any way we can obviously you you can't but it's the effort that counts and that was that's part of why when we were campaigning for the Snyder A lot of people were asking, when is it going to come out? Like, oh, I don't think I can. But for me, the process was as rewarding as whatever result was going to come from it. Because I knew that the Snyders were getting a lot of comfort, were getting a lot of community, and getting a lot of blessing just from us as a fan to rallying so, so ferociously and so powerfully behind them under this banner for Otten. But the the journalist who wrote this article never thought to find out why the fans were doing what they were doing. He just assumes that it was just to see a movie and that they were not affected by by Autumn's death and what that means, and that they have no regard for this part of the story. And that's just completely, totally, utterly false. And very disrespectful, and why this article to me is a failure on many levels. Um, I'm sorry that was a passionate, long winded speech, but that really needed to be said because that's very, 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 very important. And I know to this fandom, it's very important to us. We didn't raise, you know, half a million dollars just because for the fun of it, you know? The, 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 the tragedy that the Snatters have gone through is dear to our hearts, and, and our hearts bleed for, for, for their family, and, and, and we wish that, you know, Zach had never had to go through this. And, and for a lot of us, we just feel like, you know what, you went through this, but we got your back. Watch, we're going to turn this situation around as much as we can for you. And the fact that he didn't highlight that is a huge shame and, and such a disappointing thing when I read through the article. So, anyway, rant over, um, sorry I took too much time, make it up to you guys, let's continue. So, the next section, you know, says their daughter's death was the reason the Snyder's walked away from uh, Justice League. Uh, We've read that section. Okay, then we come to these pictures of Joker. Um, My, oh my. Ain't this, ain't this something? You know, I woke up and I saw the picture of Jared Leto as uh, in the Christ pose, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "Here we go again." <laughs> I thought we were gonna have one day, just one day of peace. And Zack Snyder was like, "Ah, no, no, you have to get out there and 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 you know, get get amongst the 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 haters." And you know, it's, it triggered a lot of people. Um Guys, well, what do you think of the, these? the the image particularly of of uh, Jared Leto's Joker, the the Christ-like imagery.
1: It, it was funny because at first I, <laughs> when I looked at it. You know how like everybody makes fun of the the cult of Leto. Uh-huh. Right. Like he's got him right away. I was like, wait a second, wait a second. Is that an official? I had to, I honestly had to look it up to make sure that that was like official and everything. Cause it was before I actually read the article, mm-hmm. I saw the pictures being circulated around. I was like, wait, is somebody making fun of like the fact that like, there's this like Leto 30 seconds to Mars cult going on and everything. So once I got that out of there, they're interesting. This is, I mean, I guess it goes hand in hand with our, we all have that theory or whatever that this is all part of the nightmare, whether it's the present or the future this version of the joker is is out there it's it it's different i don't know how much more i can add but it did they're creepy and that's yeah. the kind of joker that he is he's creepy so yeah, yeah. it's yeah. it, it, it just piquing my interest even more But this is this is out there
0: <laughs> it really is M- M- what do you think
2: uh when i saw the picture my first thought was what the fuck is zach doing over there <laughs> well, I- <laughs> that's Dude, it it's please. like yo hey, yo hey, yo zach what, what's going on like what is, what the fuck are you doing like I, I, have no idea. I don't. You know what? I don't even care. This, is, <laughs> we'll see it when the movie comes out in a few weeks. But like, like, what are you doing over there, Zach? Like, and and I think that honestly, uh, seeing this brought a little bit of like happiness to me because what I love about like Zach has been like raked over the coals for like years about his choices. And he's like, yeah, okay, here's Jesus, Jesus Joker. Like, it's just like, I just think that it's just like, I love that, you know, even now he's still willing to push the boundaries, which mm-hmm. is something that I feel this genre has been missing since uh his departure back in
0: 2016. Absolutely. Absolutely. Completely agree with you. Like, like, and, and I'll always lead it back to, <clears throat> to the fans who, 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 I really appreciate, and they should probably... The reason why Zach is able to do stuff like this is because he's emboldened by the fans. Yep. Let's make no mistake about that. Because he knows. He's got haters out there. It's all good. But you know what he's also got? He's got a legion of fans. And that's one of the lessons that I hope that people can take from this saga. And one of the, 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 the blessings I hope that we can each have in our lives. Stay focused in life. Don't look at the people who hate you. Don't look at the people who relentlessly criticize you and don't see the God in you, who don't see the Godness inside of you. Focus on those who love you. If Warner Brothers had focused on the fact that they had fans, instead of trying to please their haters, they would be winning. And they decided not to, but Zack Snyder decided to. He caters to his fans. He is in conversation with them, in dialogue, in touch with them, on a ground level. And because of that, they're there for him. And so he's like, you know what? I'm going to do whatever I want to do. I'm going to push the balance. When Zach Zach leaves Warner Brothers and goes to Netflix, guess who's coming with him? Every single Snyder fan. You know what I'm saying? If Netflix doesn't work out and he goes to Paramount, guess who's coming with him? His fandom. So I think (laughs) <laughs> them plus. plus. I <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, let's 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 go on to the next uh, section. Let's try to speed this up a little bit. Well, Zach and his then wife Denise Weber adopted Autumn when she was just one, a little over one, he says, smiling at the memory of her wild energy, still an infant, but crazy. Autumn was slightly older than the couple's son Eli. They had two more children before they divorced. Snyder had two sons with blind producer Kirsten Ellen before marrying Deborah, his longtime producing partner in 2004, with whom he adopted two more children. The filmmakers often, often said that being an adoptive father is one of the reasons he was so invested in the story of Kal-El, a powerful being who became Superman thanks to the love and care of Jonathan and Martha Kent. More than three years after Autumn's death, Snyder still slips between the past and the present tense when talking about her. She's the only dork, he says, of his family. She was the only fan. The rest of them, he shrugs. Today, Eli is interested in filmmaking, but Autumn was the one of his children who matched her dad's kid like enthusiasm for gods, monsters, aliens, and superheroes. She's super creative, he says. She was a writer. She was a Sir Lawrence to be a writer snyder swipes through his phone to show off a selfie of Autumn, that she took in the letterman jacket worn by ray fisher's character in justice league a football star horrendously wounded in a car accident and rebuilt by his scientist father into the half robot warrior cyborg um had been to therapy and in meds but the depression remained brutal she was always wondering about her worth what is my work what am i supposed to do what am i about snyder stumbles on his words his eyes glassy The conversation was like, of course you're amazing. What do you mean you're worth? You're worth more than anything in in the world. And she would just be like, yeah. Snyder says Orton used writing to vent her pain, to channel it to words that might contain it or explain it. She adored sci-fi. Her main characters are always in this battle with things from other dimensions that no one can see. But it's a serious war and that was what was happening to her every day. I think so many people are in that battle, and they smile and nod at me. The fact that the studio had lost faith in Snyder's ability to make Justice League seemed mundane and pointless after Otten's death. It's such a lightning strike in the center of this whole saga, says Snyder. In a lot of ways, it has informed everything we've done since. The Snyders tried to keep going for two months after Otten's death, finding solace in finishing Justice League, but by then the situation with Warner Brothers had imploded. The official story was that the Snags were voluntarily leaving the movie due to their family tragedy and that Zack Snyder had handpicked Whedon to complete the movie he planned. Only half of that was true. Christian, as someone, you know, who, who is very passionate about mental health, mm-hmm. about suicide, and um, I, I, I share that with you, but I love your voice on this issue. I want you to dig deep and and talk to us about, you know, hearing this uh this story
1: yeah i mean if if you guys want to dig deep on some of the other areas there's one part that i really wanted to zero in on in that in that part of the article um where he was talking about autumn being in therapy on medications the depression remained brutal uh asking questions about what you're worth uh, what are you about? Stuff like that. This disease, and you guys are, and and myself included, have been raising money for suicide prevention and everything. This is something that never goes away. It does not disappear. Most of the time, medication doesn't really make it disappear. It helps you to manage it. I am currently not on medication. I'm very happy about that. But this does not go away, ever. I wake up many mornings thinking about different ways to kill myself. I go to sleep many nights thinking about different ways to kill myself. It is in my brain all the time. It affects everything I do, my relationships, the people I talk with, my self-worth, everything. And his poor daughter had to deal with that, and he watched it. And his wife watched it. And they have a huge family, so they probably all felt it. And to know that she was fighting that, and that inspired him as well in many different ways, is powerful stuff, man. It's really, really powerful stuff. And it affects everything that you hear about the rest of this project being ripped from him and torn from him and everything like that. If there, if there's one piece I'll leave you with before I shut up is that, remember, this is not a young person's disease an old person disease. It's not something that people get when they're teenagers and all all of a sudden they grow out of it. And I've heard people turn around and be like, Oh, just be happy. Just smile. Get the fuck out. It doesn't work like that. If you didn't, you don't think I tried to just be happy. Like, (laughs) of course I do. And it doesn't work like that. And (laughs) it is, Painful to read that she was not able to overcome it. And it's mm-hmm. terrible. It's terrible
0: yeah. yeah, thanks. Thanks for sharing that with us um, Yeah, yeah, it, it's, you you nailed it. It's just it's 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 heart-wrenching to to read and these are the parts of, of this article that I think are really well done Um and, and just,
1: I'm sorry to interrupt okay. you. Like everybody, and then I'll, I'll stop. Everybody gets themselves. I've watched the fandom online, and not only the fandom, but like the the antis. I've watched them go back and forth. They're arguing about the toxicity and blah 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 blah. It was actually these pieces of the article that got me fired up. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm,
1: so, mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, stop. no,
0: no, no, no. Go ahead. Like, 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 yeah. These the, these these parts of the of the article, I really wish that the 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 journalist, you know had been more tactful with his, his story and and really focused on this. I think that these parts are 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 beautiful and um, I really, really feel for like I can't even imagine what the Snyder's you know going through as a family because that's that's the thing about the whole tragedy is is that um, as an individual and as a person has been lost to this world. But the, the the tragedy affects the family as well because I can't imagine them thinking like what could we have done differently? How could we have helped her? What could we have said? That is something that I'm sure would haunt them for a long time. Although we know that, you know, for people who deal with depression, you know that even people who deal with depression, they know that they're dealing with depression. Like yeah. I thought from depression. You know you're dealing with depression, you know but you can't you can't stop it. You can't Help. It. it's just you know so it's 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 um it's it's really it's really it's really heartbreaking so thank you for for sharing those those words those words with the, um so the next section hold we'll up i got with... something to say about this though real quick oh <laughs> uh, yeah 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 okay yeah we just, we just we're just we're, man- we're managing time we're managing yeah, time I know. Yeah, but
2: yeah. uh yeah i'm sorry but no i just want to say a couple of things um yeah uh this is this part of the article hit me pretty hard um And uh, I'm going to be honest, it's because I saw a lot of the things that I've been going through for a long time written here. I just didn't, um, I didn't really know how to connect with that. I didn't, um, I wasn't conscious of it. Let's put it that way. Um, uh, One of the reasons why I've been away uh, was because I did catch COVID back in November. And it uh, pulled me down into a really bad place mentally that it took me a while to get out of. Um physically I was fine but the place that I went to was hard to come back from and uh during the time since I have been paying much closer attention to my mental health and I've seen that and I've learned that yes I I do suffer from mild anxiety and depression and and uh especially that part where uh she's talking about uh her worth um that that really uh affected me because yeah, that's what goes through your mind. And I could really relate to that. And,, uh, like both of you guys said, um, this is what this article should have been about. Um, all that like Christian says that you know people were going back and forth about the toxicity. I blame the the writer for that mm-hmm. because the writer made a choice. They made a choice to to highlight this toxicity, to toxicity, which drove the conversation in a way that it should not have gone in. Uh, and again, that's Vanity Fair's fault, and um, they should have they should have been more sensitive. Azupi has been saying not only to to the Sniders and what they went through, but to 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 us as well, and and to what how this this uh, piece would have been, you know, talked about in the days and weeks to come.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, like like I think, and and that's something that we need to start. Addressing in these conversations because I see a lot of people like blaming fans. Oh, fans are acting this way, but you got to think what's instigating these things. Because the conversation wasn't just about toxicity. Basically, when people talked about it, people have talked about you know the stuff with the Nolans, things that we're talking about. People have talked about you know the uh, the toxicity part of it. People have talked about the movie part of it, and also talked about the the. Um, part of it so people have talked about all the parts of it so when you're writing an article like this you have to be aware that everything you put into this gumbo is going to affect it and the toxicity part of it is a turd so why are you throwing a turd into the gumbo like uh, 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 like you know nobody you know, has a piece of pine like, Oh, you know, there's just a little turd in it. Don't worry, you know. Don't mind that little turd in the pie. You know, it's 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 perfectly fine. Something so small like that can ruin the whole thing. And it's just oh,
1: now now I got a mental image. That is nasty.
0: Hey, hey That's but that's it's 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 the exact right analogy for <laughs> this article. All right. So so let's let's keep it moving. Uh in twenty ten he first began working on D C movies for Warner Brothers. Snyder was promoted as a visionary director, though critics sometimes differed. Sometimes even his hits could be divisive. It emerged from music videos and commercials. with The breakout remake Dawn of the Dead in 2004 and followed it up with the otherworldly visually audacious tale of Resistance 300, which became a box office behemoth in 2007. Given his choice of projects, Snyder picked Watchmen, the iconic graphic novel that scorned the classic tropes of superhero storytelling and explored the corrupted nature of power. His 2009 adaptation upended comic book expectations just as Hollywood was building new epic franchises. Snyder then made a pair of box office disappointments, a digitally animated adventure about Warren Owls called Legend of the Guardians and the surreal, and some would say sexist, action movie Sucker Punch, before being called to take on a legend among legends, Superman. When it debuted in 2013, man established Henry Cavill as an object of global thirst, just as 300 had done for Gerard Butler and his washboard abs. Snyder's twist was to present a conflicted Clark Kent, rather than the sunny alter ego played by Christopher Reeve. Snyder's Superman was willing to kill for what he thought was right which many long-time fans of the character found reprehensible. And though he still saved the world, he never felt like he truly belonged in it. The studio had hoped for more than the $668 million it made at the box office, but men still feared well enough for Snyder to get another shot, this time bringing Ben Affleck into the universe as Bruce Wayne in Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. The subtitle was a giveaway. This would be a prologue to Justice League, a superhero crossover event that some moviegoers had been pining for forever ever so christian i want you to talk on this section and then the next section which you know goes further i think my new expertise will be great on that so christian anything stick out to you um good or bad uh from from this journalist's uh account of events
1: I, i'll keep it short i don't know if it's good or bad it just is you, you and i've talked about this before he's right i mean cider is divisive divisive does not mean bad it just means you know love or hate either take him to him or you don't but did you guys get the feeling that this particular these two passages it was almost like he was hedging yes Um, you know oh he's you know he's he's visionary but wait 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 not all his movies make a lot of money yeah he did a really good job with this but he didn't really do a good job with this oh he you know this is the superman that we needed right now but it didn't make a lot of money at the box office like it was just uh there's a little bit of hedging In these two, just call it what it is. He's a divisive filmmaker. That's visionary. That's
0: it. Yeah, yeah. I, I I personally, I think that, just in my opinion, I, Zack Snyder doesn't owe anyone access to his story. I get you. If he wants to tell his story, it should be told by someone who understands his vision, understands who who he is as a filmmaker, and wants to share that with the world. There have been enough. Let me put it that way, written on Zack Snyder to fill up an entire museum. We don't need anything more that's added to that rhetoric. False Mm -hmm. rhetoric, I might say. Is he divisive? Absolutely he's divisive. But for example, say Sucker Punch is sexist, that is a wrong, it's factually incorrect.
2: But
0: again, it's there, some like, wit say opinion. it's 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 some
2: wit say sentence. exactly. We got to point yeah, out that edging. little he's yeah, like hedging. Like Christian shit. said, like it's yeah. it's the headed, perfect but, but, way of praising him without pissing off his haters, right? And hating right. on him without pissing off his fans. It's his fans. Th- that's that's I, that's yeah. I, it's,
0: I, would, yeah, you got you guys nailed it because the the truth is that look, you might not like sucker punch for whatever reason, but the reason should not be based on infactual evidence and it's in fact that it's sexist. Anyone who says it's sexist didn't understand what the movie was doing. I, I also just, have uh, an
2: issue with the portrayal of Clark Kent as a absolutely. I know hero that was willing to kill. Like come yeah. on he like was that's, not willing
0: to I kill can. that's not forced. what happened. Like <laughs> that's not yeah. how it
1: went down. And that's that sentence was only to to make sure that they stuck in there long-time fans had a problem with blah 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 blah. The, that particular passage was in there only to point out that yeah. there was a whole fan base that didn't like it that's yeah. it it's the yeah. only reason he did it. I, I, yeah. it's the
2: same is the sure. same thing as earlier with the somewhere horrifically toxic it's all it's it's very smartly done it's it's really well worked out within the piece you got to give it to yeah. them yeah
0: you but but you have to be hip to these things understand the language (laughs) of the bloggers which we have deciphered and which we are deciphering for you today i took english
2: 101 like a few years back i still remember (laughs) how like it's not that deep (laughs) but it's about wanting to see wanting to see it being able to read between the lines and again we did it but most people won't so that
0: that's because because they don't understand the narratives and they they don't understand what's going on like this is Someone who's so ignorant about who Zack Snyder is as a creator. I'm just I'm I'm very surprised that Zack Snyder gave him this access. And I I, I know why. Um Zack Snyder, he's actually the the reporter that saw Batman v. Superman first, before every other reporter. Oh, I didn't know that. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. All right. Yeah. So in in twenty sixteen, right? Do you guys remember someone saw Batman v Superman? And yeah. said, some it's Anthony Bresnican. Oh, mm. uh, when he said that there's a moment
2: between the two yes. heroes, going to touch the fans of, yeah, yes. I remember that. I remember yes. that.
0: And that it, moment is Anthony was Anthony Bresnican. I always that remember moment, that
2: name. I, I and I always thought the moment was the Martha won't die tonight moment. I thought that.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: It, I, I always thought like just suppose that that's what it was. But it, that it, might,
0: it might it might even have been the Martha moment because the thing about the Martha moment that I always say is that the Martha moment is not a big deal. At all. I assure you, it's just a viral moment. People were looking for something to hate. They threw every like Christian says when people throw shit on the wall and see what see what sticks. <laughs> guess what stuck? Martha. Martha. Martha was funny enough, easy enough for people to hate. The amount of shit that was thrown on the wall to see if it stuck in terms of hating it, and people kept on debunking was uh, a but Martha don't forget, don't forget that it.
2: So, so much so that it ended up in Endgame, like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: Bucky's yeah.
2: still alive. There's, there's,
0: there, there's a Mar- there's a Martha movement in Civil War as well. <laughs> you no, know? he. But, but, I mean, your
2: friend, you know, your Bucky. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. And, like we've been, we've been at this for a while. So we, we, so we know, we know the game. And Anthony Bresnickan, as I recall, when Batman the Superman came out and started getting a lot of hate, he basically. I think he made a tweet about oh like why are people hating this movie so much like it's saying it's not nice and then you never heard from him again, mm. on the issue. And, uh,
2: and, and and again, you can kind of see that in this piece because he seems to me like someone that wants to like Zach's work but is still conscious of the just the general sentiment around him so yes. again he's pulling a warner brothers here and he's pussyfooting in certain sections Absolutely. and it's incredibly frustrating but i understand because i think that I in don't. order to to pull in those quote-unquote haters you have to kind of give them a little something in order to feel like they're not crazy you know it's kind of like what they say that whole mary poppins thing like you know you got to you know, a little bit of sugar it's makes the medicine to easier to, go, to down. That's, medicine go down. That's basically what's going on here. It's like, yeah, 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 you guys have all these issues with Snyder. And you know what? They may be valid. But can we stop acting like this dude is a terrorist? Like, I think that that's really what, what he wanted to
0: get to at the end of the piece. Per- personally, I think that it's. I think that he's – a lot of the bloggers, They they feel pressure – from hmm. their peers because yes. their peers are their friends i think he's one of those people who just doesn't isn't able to stand firmly and strongly in his in his affinity for zach's narrative he seems like someone who has been twisted and turned by what he's heard from you know that group <laughs> think pressure. that's what uh, it seems like to I, me
2: uh, i wouldn't go that far i really think I that would. he's okay well
0: all right well, that's you, dog. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I when we when we when we speak more and more, there's yeah. more evidence in this. Yeah, you, yeah, you're right. So when you think about, yeah, let's let's just keep going. Yeah. Yeah. So Snyder wasn't just making big budget tempos. He'd become the architect of the entire DC cinematic universe, the DCEU, and his casting choices continue to resonate to this day. He chose Gal Gadot to play Wonder Woman in DVS, and produced Patty Jenkins' standalone movie about the Amazonian princess. I remember gal saying to me, "Zach, I was going to quit the business. I was ready to just move back to Tel Aviv and just have a life that was done with Hollywood. I was going to do this one more edition. Then she came in and I was like, that's my Wonder Woman. Now she's the whole world. As with Man of Steel, Stark continued to challenge expectations and norms, which sometimes led to pushback from the studio and originalist fans. Aquaman, for instance, has always looked waspy in the comics in casting cast in the role for BDS 90 decides for Go the Blonde Hair and Blue Eyes of the comic book hero in favor of the long dark locks and smoky gaze of Momoa who had come into audition for Bruce Wayne. He's a Pacific Islander. There's a connection to the sea. What if his Aquaman he remembers thinking? Everyone was like, you're insane! That's not a thing! Um, it became part of Patton. The studio gives Zack Snyder the power to go anywhere he chose with his most valuable character. He, he always went somewhere other than than what they wanted the director to see. Still, to his credits, all the recent DC films have used Snyder's universe as a foundation. Even Suicide Squad and Birds of Prey would take place in his version of Gotham City. The upcoming Flash film will connect all the disparate DC films by ricocheting through multiple universes with Michael Keaton's Batman appearing alongside Affleck's. So that's a, that's a good uh, place to, to sort of have a break. It doesn't say too much, but it's just talking about who Zach is as a creator, how he goes against the grain, uh, which is something that his fans love. Because comic books and comic book movies are quite conservative. And I don't mean that politically, I mean that literally in terms of how they evolve, in terms of how uh they treat their characters and none more so than dc and characters like batman superman and wonder woman these are characters that have been largely unchanged for for decades upon decades um but zack snyder is someone who you know who uh his way of thinking is just is to 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 challenge long-held notions and deconstruct things and you know Push the boundaries and bring new ideas. And I think if you're someone who's adventurous in that way, you will gravitate to his work. But if you're someone who wants your apple pie baked with the same recipe every single day, you will probably uh, have your feathers rustled by by, uh, what he thinks. So the next... Hold on. I want to add two things before we go. First off, when the
2: fuck did Wonder Woman become a standalone movie? I don't know when that happened, but okay, great. And uh, second, secondly, um, uh, Momoa as Bruce Wayne is kind of like a crazy idea, but I've kind of had like a hard time not thinking about it. It. And, I, and it I, don't, I don't. I don't know
0: if it could have worked or not. I just think it's pretty cool. Okay. Now, now, it, like. I don't think it would have worked but hey that's i guess that's why he didn't get the audition you know right it was just an addition right and then you see i mean happened. he
2: went he went for the bruce wayne audition and zach was like yeah, you're zach my aquaman Zach's yeah
0: like, hmm, yeah i think aquaman will work yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm just, just saying like, like the, i i love the
2: idea that he went to like that he was like part of the process, process as well. yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So it shows yeah i think it, it's 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 very in line you know yeah it's like this whole sort of like idea of that. thinking outside the box i mean yeah you know. And then in terms of the, the Wonder Woman coming, I'm 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 glad you picked up on that because I kind of didn't. But what, I remember when Wonder Woman came out, there was this narrative by bloggers and this narrative by the studio as well that it was a standalone movie that had nothing to do with Batman v Superman. All and the reason why was because they were trying to distance themselves from Batman v Superman. But that movie is so connected to Batman v Superman, it's not even a joke. It, as a matter of fact, if that movie was better cohesively from top to bottom and it isn't that movie would be part of your watch through to get to justice league
2: yeah uh and you know Diana's team and wonder woman is actually the team that was meant to transport the mother box that changed cyborg uh to the states Just,
0: and obviously you know we have the whole thing of the the picture and you know mm-hmm. Swaying, yep. be like it's 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 not standalone. It's very it's, very very much in line now Wonder Woman 84 is standalone Oh, hell, yeah, <laughs> it stands all by itself <laughs> it, <laughs> it, It's doing its own thing in 1984 it Really standalone <laughs> and um, Nobody's talking much about it. So it's it's literally standing alone <laughs> um, All right, so our next section Harsh reviews for Batman and Superman demolished Warner Brothers' confidence in Snyder. Even the director's champions, like production head Greg Silverman, were worried. When BVS came out, we did a negative rea- we, we did get a negative reaction from fans. It was disheartening for a lot of us, say Silverman, now the fa- founder and head of independent content company Stampede Ventures. Zack had made these movies like 300 that were such crowd-pleasers. And that was our job, to make crowd-pleasers in here, We have made a movie together, and it didn't really please the audience. Marvel Studios' movies, whose success exerted so much pressure on the DC team, hit on a formula that mirrored their comic book roots, telling stories about relatable, everyday people grappling with sudden, phenomenal powers. Snyder's DC movies approached its superheroes from the opposite direction, depicting gods and immortals who were at ease wielding cosmic strength, but strained to be human and connect to the ordinary world. The director envisioned this as operatic, tragic, and perhaps a more challenging type of comic book storytelling. But Warner Brothers feared it made his heroes gloomy, their abilities a curse. Um, Christian, this is your spot to 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 shine. Um, what do you think of 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 this whole section um, as a comic book, you know, lore addict and fanatic? and also, you know, we do have to take into consideration, you know, the 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 worries of studio executives.
1: Yeah, I think there those are two very specific things. I think, you know, number one, he it's not Snyder's DC universe. Like that's we read comic books. That's DC. D, first Thank of all, you. DC, Marvel, they've been stealing from one another forever so that that's just been happening for a long time so take that out for a second but dc's characters have always been godlike mythological you know going back to almost you know scandinavian rome greek mythology all of that stuff that's their characters and Marvel's characters have been. Okay, a teenager wakes up, his mutant powers suddenly evolve, and he realizes that he can punch a hole through a wall with his eyeballs, you know, and things like that. That's just the difference. It's not the MCU didn't create that, and Snyder didn't create that. That's fundamentally who they are. So I don't know exactly where they were going in that particular passage, but it, it Snyder took his take on it, and if they want to blame him for that, that's ridiculous. But that's a side piece. The other part, To it is, and Manu and I have talked about this before. This is not a knock on Zach. If you are trying to recreate an MCU, why the hell did you pick him? Like Mm -hmm. that's not the guy. It's not. But that (laughs) that doesn't mean that. No, but you know what I'm saying. Now you want to recreate an MCU. You want to have, oh, all this stuff is going to be have. You want your four quadrant. You want blah 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 blah. blah. That's not the guy. And then when it doesn't happen, you say this guy fucked up and he he dicked us. Like that doesn't. I'm sorry, but that doesn't compute. And
2: even, sorry, real quick. Even the article mentions in 2009, everybody in the industry was going left. He went and made Watchmen. Right. Like, that's the, the, that's the dude you're dealing with. That's the guy that's, who's like, here, you can make whatever movie you want. You know what? Give me fucking Watchmen. That's what? Zack Snyder.
1: And you know yeah. what, Manu? Fox, we can bla- and Fox made some shit X-Men movies. But the reality was they stuck with whatever they had. They were, their continuity is crap. They don't care. They were just like, we're doing what we're going to do. And mm-hmm. then, because of that, you mm-hmm. got movies like Logan, right? Yep. So
0: You got movies like Days of Future Days of Past. Past, and right. Days, like you know, uh, what was it? The, the 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 first. Um,
1: well, X two is fantastic. First X2, class is X1. Yeah, first class, first class. So Days like Lo- that like, that's what I mean. I like I don't understand. Like, and anyway, go bring me <laughs> back to talk the
2: about thing- first class for real.
1: debutante. <laughs> 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 the, the, the thing with this, I,
0: I understand what Greg Silverman is saying, but the one cult- thing. One nope. thing, yeah. Oh no, he's 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 dope. One nope. thing that we knew, and one reason, one one thing that you see about this fandom, and it's taken us a journey to get to this point. And one thing, I used to have conversations with Larry Fong a lot, and one thing that I always used to tell him, and he began to see it be, before people like Zach saw it, and before the studio was now seeing it, is that, and Christian, you can attest to this, mm-hmm. is that no. No reasonable, rational DCEU fan is going to say, we're as much as Marvel fans. Hell no, we're not. It's not even close. However, we are enough to sustain a cinematic universe and have it make a lot of money. Okay, It might not make Marvel money, but you will make a profit. Your movies will do well in perpetuity. And the problem in the time of the BVS wars and Manu remembers is that the deluge of hate from critics and it just snowballed. There was this negativity that was just so toxic and so self-perpetuating. And it was, it was this feed. It was this feedback loop in which it was just, it was a frenzy because basically Everything negative DC was making a lot of money for reporters. Yeah, anyone who was on 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 YouTube had a blog, was a journalist. If they made a, a an article bashing Zack Snyder, bashing the DC EU, Marvel fans will hoard towards it, give it Hate a lot sells. of views, a lot of clicks. Say, oh yes, DC is terrible sucks. they can't get it right. But also, DC fans at that point would mm-hmm. hoard towards it. And, you know, in their attempts to, you know, fight and, you know, fight for DC, they'd give it clicks, they'd throw gasoline on the fire, you know. Oh, so, yeah. oh, basically, yeah. all that the studio was getting was they were seeing all these articles, just and things, and DC sucks, it's terrible, Batman Superman is the worst movie. People were saying Batman Superman is one of the worst movies ever made. It, yeah.
1: sells, it, man.
0: it was on the, it was on lists for best for worst movie of the year. That's how crazy... And frenzied, worked up into a frenzy, and just delusional people had become about this thing. So the studio could not see their fans through all that noise. That's basically what he's saying here. Negative, because later on we see, like you know, in 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 a Snyder con at the Arts Academy in Pasadena, Zack Snyder said something, and I was like, it's broken through to him. He said. A vocal minority, and that's the fact I, I will always maintain. If you look at a movie that made like 900 million and look at the fervor for the Snyder Cut, the people who did not like BVS and Zach's Dark Universe, it's a very vocal, very powerful, but a minority. Fight me on this. There's only 300. 300- at- Go ahead.
1: You raise a good point because in what universe is six hundred and sixty some odd million dollars for Man of Steel, eight hundred and ninety million for BVS a failure? Like what the fuck? Like, that's not – I'm sorry. That's not a failure. When the MCU was starting their franchise, they were making $300 million a pop on their movies. Captain America, right. the first Avenger, is a great movie. It made $300 bucks or whatever. Right.
2: That, yeah. that, Iron that's... Man was the standout with $500 mil. Right. But they didn't really make any money, like, the real billion until the Avengers came out in year – and that was, what, their five, fifth or sixth movie?
1: Fifth or sixth movie, yeah.
2: Fifth or sixth yeah. movie. So – I never really got that back then. I still don't get it now. It was just and, narratives. But, but it was narratives, but say, oh, I also, you know, there was this, there was, like no, no, you said, you mentioned. This,
0: sorry. This uh, is going to furnish your, your point. It's just that, like you were saying of old oh, Avengers being five movies. Do you know how many movies Justice League was since the DCEU? The third or the fourth? Fourth, because of Wonder it was Woman. was the fourth, was right? The fourth. yeah. Because
2: yeah. even Wonder Woman made an 800 mil.
0: Actually, That's no, exactly. actually, it was the fifth. Actually, it was the fifth because man of steel oh, suicide squad i man. always forget suicide, suicide squad. squad yeah one i always movie. forget that too <laughs> but if but if you take justice league and just say okay just movies introducing introducing you yeah. know your t- your titlers heroes it was the fourth so are people trying to tell me that one more movie just one more movie would have made that big a difference like, yes okay you guys took a year now they took their time like come on it was it's all lies and narrative but Manu, continue i just wanted to yeah, yeah. I was, that. i was that. just
2: gonna add like there was this unbelievable push to silence the voices of those who were fans of snyder and his universe i mean you know we're we gonna get into it later on with the whole like you know the toxic of the fandom and you know keeping out the access media's faults in this but a lot of the times whenever snyder fans came about they were called uh, there was people said there were russian bots uh that that again just recently happened again but the first time it took place was back in 2016 and 17 that snyder fans were just russian bots on the internet that there couldn't be real actual people that liked this movie like they, they, they just that notion that it might be possible had to be like a joke either that or you had to be like a crazy person
0: yeah or, sure or a, a, to- a or a toxic person. Look, bro.
2: <laughs> some mornings I wake up and I'm not sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Period. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's 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 move it along. We've got a lot to talk about. There's there's more where that came from. All right, so. Diane Nelson, who was president of DCEU, uh, DC Entertainment at that time, not just DC, DC Entertainment, so covering like comics, video games, everything DC, says she appreciated that Snyder was more into deconstructing the familiar than just recapitulating it. Zack is a masterful visual storyteller who goes deep on individual characters, she says. For some people, that's amazing. And for other people, that becomes the problem because they have fixed opinions about who these DC characters are and are not. In 2016, as principal photography got underway on Justice League in the UK, rumors percolated that Snyder had been fired from the film. That did not happen. If you guys remember, the first Pick he had with uh Jason Momoa the Justice League set where where Jason Momoa captioned like deep in it, mm-hmm. that was in response to these rumors that kind of bothered Zach, and it was like it was it was possible. Um But Warner Brothers, then CEO Kevin C J. Howard did assign watchdogs in the form of former DC Entertainment <laughs> CEO. Damn, you
2: couldn't even say that with a straight face. Uh, That's just it's just his name, Lupe. <laughs> it's just <bleh>. his name. <laughs>
0: Sparks. Yeah. The name that the name that cannot be that cannot be said, Jeff. Damn, you speech Voldemort status? <laughs> and Cold Warner War. Brothers co-production head John Berg, the editor. Lord Lord. At least one of them had to be on set every day. Berg, who's now production president at SMP, recalls that duty as a low point. It was really tricky. And not a position that I loved, to be honest, he says. i tried to be forthright about what I thought creatively. My job was to try to mediate between a creator whose vision is instinctually dark and a studio that perceived, rightly or wrongly, that the fans wanted something lighter. I was respectful of the director and didn't pursue things that were coming at me from a corporate side that I thought weren't in line with what would make the best movie. Snyder knew why Jones and Berg were on set. You could say babysit," he says. Many filmmakers would have bristled at the intrusion, but he was gracious. It didn't bother me too much because they weren't that threatening. I just felt the ideas they did have, the way they are trying to inject humor and stuff, it wasn't anything that was too outrageous. So guys, this is one of like the most illuminating sections into like the behind-the-scenes stuff um, that a lot of people like don't know. Some of it we speculated on. Some of you, we got some confirmation here and there, but this is like official, like in a trade and, you know, from the mouth of the horse. So, uh, guys, feel free to dive deep in this. Let's start with Manu. Um, what from this sticks out to you?
2: Well, first off, there's a whole lot of malarkey in there, but you know, that's all good. Uh, I think it's the the part that jumped out was the fact that John Berg is actually with Greg Silverman over at Stampede.
0: Yes. Um, Is that right? I did too. It it tells I, you how, how incestuous Hollywood is and how yeah. they look out for themselves.
2: It's yeah. I'm, it's just I just think I just found that interesting. Uh but uh besides that, like I don't know, like you know, it, it's just weird to hear Diane Nelson say this when that bleeding cool article from twenty seventeen is still circulating and she was saying very different things back then. Mm-hmm. Um Um, having, again, we knew that Johns was on set, we knew that this is when he really started to get his hooks into things Um, but again, what I really love about this piece is, like, Snyder is like, just Snyder is doing the winner thing here, like, he's very humble, he's very gracious in his victory, because he could have shot down those people but even the way he speaks, in a way, he's still conveying a sense of respect towards them that he does have he has no need to do so yeah so that's that's the part of this that sticks out to me the most uh aside from that like i don't know diane nelson stuff about zaxom that falls on my deaf ears because mm-hmm. you and i i think we we see differently about this i think you're far more uh maybe forgiving is the mm-hmm. wrong word Maybe no, understanding.
0: No, is the, right, the, the right word. Yeah. The right word. I just see. See, I see a character arc. I, I I am quite aware of things going on, and I know that this whole thing, as I said, for a lot of these executives, is a mere culpa, because with Diane Nelson, there is there is a there is a there's such an arc and such a story there, um, but I believe that you know everyone, as I've said with Jeff Johns and with just Whedon, if they came out, and they they expressed some sort of regret remorse. and contrition or remorse for what they've done. I would not be on their necks like I am. But I've said until they do, I will forever be. It's fuck Jeff Johns and fuck Wheaton's. And fuck uh just Whedon on my side and all my homies who think the same thing. Me yeah. and my family, my extended I, family. I, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I respect even that my I just for generations until. They if if they come on, they're they're a bit contrite, and you know. I, I get that. I respect that. Yeah, because everybody I, should be afforded some some way to redeem themselves. You I know? completely agree. You know? uh, I just still feel
2: like this is the kind of support that Zach needed back in twenty seventeen. Oh,
0: absolutely. But
2: uh, she made she chose she made a choice.
0: Yeah. You know, I, she I, chose. It, it's, it's clear that she she's regretted that choice. Yeah. It's very clear. Yeah. Very clear. Yeah. Which which is people should be allowed to No, I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not advocating for people to forgive or anything. Like you don't have to. Like honestly, no, I no, no. I know ask, that, that's yeah.
2: that's why I was like you're more forgiving than Yeah. yeah.
0: I would yeah. never I personally I would never ask anyone to like forgive her or anything like that. That's on that's on on you as an individual. She's done enough not to deserve it. And when when we say forgive it's not you know God forgives. We don't. Trust is the word. So if people choose not to trust her and' like,, eh, I don't know, it falls on deaf ears as you say, that's a hundred percent valid reaction because in case people don't know, Diane Nelson teamed up with Jeff Johns. But I think this is this is my read. If you notice in this article, there is just a mention of Jeff Johns. He's never they, they don't even say they, they they sought comments. Joss Whedon, they say they sought comments. Jeff Johns, they didn't even. Because I'm telling you, Jeff Johns is next level. I've never seen, and I'll, I'll always say this for context for people, I've I always have had conversations with people like Clay Enos, Larry Fong, Zack Snyder himself, um, people who've worked with Zack Snyder, like actors and stuff like that. I've had detailed conversations with like Larry Fong and Clay Enos in DMs, Zack Snyder in DMs. Whenever I mention haters, I'm talking about people that I detest like like Devin Farage and Jermaine Lussier and Collider and you know, they're always as gracious as you see Snyder here. Maybe they might, you know, throw a joke once in a while or whatever, you know, like yeah, like let them keep hating or whatever or they'll, be like, they'll just flex like oh, we don't care, you know, that sort of thing. But when I mentioned Jeff Johns, it it's like it's like when you see like a cute little person turn into like a, a a frothing werewolf, that was when I knew I was like, there is something different about this guy. And Grace Randolph has gone on record saying that his behavior is borderline sociopathic. Borderline. Like it like the guy is no joke. And I think that Diane Nelson, she's a people in hollywood they're very ambitious because we're not talking about we're talking about people coming into generational wealth like when you're in when you get in these positions you're you're like kevin feige's position like these are this this is like this is not a joke you know so of course they're ambitious to get to those positions and i think dan nelson teamed up with jeff john to that you know become the head and have more clout and whatever but even jeff Johns's um treachery was too much for her was like she, she i think it got to the point where she saw that this this is this is something different that that i can't be a part of um i don't know if he threw her under the bus or anything like that but it's obvious that you know he he flew too close to the sun And fell back to earth, and she was like, "You're on your own, motherfucker. (laughs) Peace." And she's been throwing him under the bus since then. Like, it's 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 funny to see. And um, not like for me, it's just cool, you know, seeing all these people sort of like walk back all the things that they did. And the reason why, and I'll keep on saying it, is because of the fandom. Like, make no mistake about it. And this is not like a pat on the back for me. I'm saying I'm saying it to, to, to the fan. I'm congratulating the fandom and and I'm letting people know. And that's what I always said with getting the Snyder Cut. Forget even the Snyder Cut. The fact that Zack Snyder fans are so passionate, so organized, so numerous out there, it gives him power. And that is that to me, that's enough. That's enough. Okay, so let's move on to the next portion. We get these two really cool pictures one of uh, Amber Heard, uh, Mara. Um, she's a controversial figure. <laughs> I know a lot of people don't like her, um, me, myself included, I-, I must say, but I'm going to keep it professional.
1: Dude, I she's wish I knew nothing movie. about her because I just want to keep looking at her.
0: You know what? You know what? I'll tell you, she's good at playing that femme fatale role. She's a real life <laughs> femme fatale. <laughs> real, a real like 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 you're laughing. Like people talk about oh, you know, they want a woman to ruin them. Oh, she boy. she really takes that to heart. Jesus. It's actually, like did you guys hear the recordings of Johnny Depp telling her that she should ruin him and destroy him? That he wanted her to? Uh, I
1: didn't But you not know,
0: in a playful, you to... know, you know in a playful sexual way, but you get what you ask for. Be careful what you wish Jesus for. It might just come <laughs> true.
2: So, so that's what you're into, huh?
0: Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, hey! I, five it, years, hey. five years we've been in the trenches together, buddy. Hey, <laughs> hey! All I can say is, all I can say is that she's a definition of I would risk it all. <laughs> I don't have much to risk anyway, so I'm good. I'm good, you know. I'm not a millionaire or nothing until, like that. Until, but until I, she, until I, she I takes, can start from scratch easily, you know. So uh, until she it, takes a Jeff Johns on your bed, dog. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be playing herself, nigga. I just wash them sheets, man. It's so <laughs> good. She comes out. I'm like, I just, it bridge, like, <laughs> you're not to put it I just I'll, just, I'll just go to the store and be like, yeah. Uh, what detergent is the best for when your girlfriend gets in your bed?
1: <laughs> my girlfriend's in her bitch. <laughs> you know,
0: you know <laughs> the best thing for her to. You know the best thing for her to get. She needs to get. An endorsement, like a commercial, from like from like, Charmin. Yeah, Charmin Ultra? For, for yeah for for something like that for Charmin <laughs> for something like that. It it, I'm telling you, it will be the best thing ever. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's let's move on. Let's move on. All right. So the next section goes into a, uh, but Warner Brothers did nix some of uh, his more sweeping notions for Justice League. So this part talks about how he was going to add a romance between Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne and Amy, Amy Adams. Lois Lane, who was mourning Superman's death in the previous uh, film. Um, so, Christian, what do you think about this section? Um, this is something that a lot of people you know, bristled at, talked about. Manu has been joking, and I swear, Manu, I'm going to choke you. Okay. All right. I, 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 let's start with Christian. For a um, choice of words. For a choice of <or> words, Lupe. <laughs> Christian, Christian, what do you think of, of this idea that Zack Snyder had? for there to be a romance between um, Bruce Wayne and Lois Lane.
1: You know, I don't know the joke behind it, whatever Manu's talking about, so I'll I'll just, I won't even go that direction because I don't exactly know what's going on there. But like, I saw a bunch of people on the internet blow up over this thing, get themselves Mm -hmm. all pissed off over it like it's never happened. The fuck, man? Has anybody Mm -hmm. either watched a cartoon or read a comic in their entire Mm -hmm. life? Most people obviously haven't. They haven't. It would have been interesting. I don't, this is just me. I don't think. It, 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 I'm not sure. I would have liked it because I didn't. I don't know if it was going in that. Like it's not. It, it just would have been out of left field. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, people are hurting. There's obviously a sad, a lot of sadness there with Clark's supposed death. All of that. You fall into somebody's arms sometimes when that happens. And i um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, there would have been a connection there. Bruce feels so responsible mm-hmm. for what happened. So, why not? Why not play with it? I just think it's hysterical that these people are going ballistic. Like, you gotta chill on every uh, little thing. Jesus. Man. Give it a shot. Yeah. You never know. God, Yeah, chill uh, out.
0: My new... Uh, yeah, the, the, I, I, the stage I, is I, yours.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, mentioned, I
2: mentioned this earlier before. What I love about Zach is, like, he's ready to go to those places, you know? Mm-hmm. And I really feel like this is going to that place. Like, I would have loved to see this happen. And and so and I do wonder if this is the scary idea that Zach talked about at SnyderCon a couple of years back. Just the, the idea of Bruce Wayne falling in love, this Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. falling in love with this Lois Lane. Uh, when you think about the journey that they both have been on concerning the Superman, I think that... That that could have been a really powerful piece of cinema. Down to the point of Bruce just admitting defeat and is like, whatever, we gotta bring this dude back. And if this dude comes back, I ain't got no shot with Lois. And <laughs> oh still God. being yeah. like, I I have to do this. And again, it's is that's like that's what I love about about Snyder. It's his point of view about being a hero it's sacrifice it's giving up the things that you love the most because something is the right thing and you know it's one thing to like you know give like a long speech about it but it's another thing to like really live it and to really delve and dive into those consequences and that's one of the things that made the dark knight trilogy so powerful is that we witnessed bruce's sacrifices and what it did to him and i feel like we we in bvs again there's a lot going on in that movie but we can still feel the pain the loneliness and the emptiness within batman and the thought that he opened up his heart towards lois lane and that he saw that maybe there was a little bit of hope at the end of the tunnel that maybe he could get out of that cave Mm -hmm. but then he's like i gotta go back to work I just think that again, that's Batman, like running into a falling bebo- building as people are running away from it. That's mm-hmm. fucking Batman, and I would have loved to fucking see that on uh, on screen. Yeah,
0: I I, I do like your dramat your dramatic uh, analysis and interpretation of that 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 plot line. It it holds very true, but I still don't think I would have liked it. I just don't because personally, like this Batman for me just seems you just don't like my I, jokes i i really <laughs> <don't> like jokes <laughs> but at the same time no, but, but on a more serious note this batman for me works very well as someone who's emotionally closed off and emotionally damaged to the point where him falling for someone is just not a possibility i just i just don't I just don't really like that line and then the complication of of making Lois Lane like an object of affection. I don't really like that either. This is this is like one thing about me and with, with Zack Snares that I'm not the type of person who's like, Oh, you know what, you shouldn't do this, blah, blah. He should do whatever he wants. That's part of what this whole Snyder Cut campaign has been about. And I w I'll take it as as the art that it is and analyze it on its own terms. But it's something that I'm 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 okay with it not having not happened. Where I actually would really like the reverberations is that this definitely connects to the nightmare future where Superman says she was my world and you took her from me. This is this now makes that make sense because I was always wondering. That choice of that, like, why would he say? Eh, is it because he thinks that Dark Side killed her? But he didn't take her, or was it that he rescued her? And but now we're seeing that it was a situation where Lois Lane. Maybe he thought that Lois Lane. Maybe he 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 noticed something going going on between them, and that began to make him go off the deep end, and and be jealous and and doubt things and act strange. And then Darkseid played into that, used that to, to, you know, drive the final nail into the into the coffin of the good person that he was. And he's just like, you know what? None of these people are worth it. Like, humans are just the worst, you know? Um, so th- that that's that's the only part where I would have liked that. That's where it would have made a lot of sense to me. But I just feel, I feel it's, I feel it's unnecessary, so um, but it also has to do with having a fixed conception of who these characters are, you know, because I've always just seen like Lois Lane and Superman, like even in comics and stuff like when, you know, Batman, you come, like, I I don't like Batman. I just don't like Bruce Wayne, that effing motherfucker. Yeah, that's because you're
2: a Superman fan and he took you to task. He didn't yeah. you up threw you down the fucking stairs. You know, he was about to kill you, but then, you know, shit happened. I'm like, just saying. Like, let's,
0: like, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, yeah, wow. let's, not, let's, let's, not, let's not, let's not, you know, get carried away, okay? Like, this dude, this dude brought the that, toilet that, sick on why, your head, that's, dog. That's why I got <laughs> killed in the nightmare vision. Like, easily. Easily. Like, yeah,
2: that, that didn't happen, though. Easily.
0: <laughs> that didn't happen, though. Yeah, that's, that's why I got real scared. <laughs> all right all right let's move on so um the studio nixed that and then uh let's go on to this uh chapter that says that reports that snyder himself asked whedon for help were false. johns one of the studio's appointed babysitters had been planning a batgirl movie with whedon and snyder and the others say johns recruited him to do rewrites for justice league Jones' representatives did not respond to requests for comment. So actually, they did request uh, comment from from Jeff Jones. My apologies on that. So once again, Snyder was gracious and even hopeful. I thought maybe he could write some cool scenes. I thought it would be fun. Soon it became clear that WB was giving Whedon more and more power. He would not just advise during reshoots, but also do some directing himself. Snyder says he only had one conversation with Whedon about the studio's notes. Reeling from Autumn's death and finding anguish in their work rather than relief, Zach and Deborah quit. We just lost the will to fight that fight in a lot of ways, say Zach. All of us, the whole family, were just so broken by losing Autumn that having these conversations in the middle of it really became, it was like, really? Frankly, I think we did the right thing because it would have been either incredibly belligerent or we just rolled over. One by one, he called members of his cast and crew. I remember I was in the movie theater coincidentally enough, Ray Fisher said, on the set of Snyder's reshoots last fall. I was walking to the AMC right in Times Square, and I got the call from Zach that he was saying he had to deal with stuff, with the family, and he was having to step away. I had a trillion questions. My heart sank. Um, so this this section, I think, is, is is like really important in terms of like background and illuminates a lot of things that we, as a fandom, have been trying to tell people about the situation with Zack Snyder and this whole thing. People saying that, you know, Zack Snyder wasn't fired, you know, he left voluntarily. He did not leave voluntarily. If he had his way and he was catered to and um, people around him had treated him with res- the, the due respect of a filmmaker of his ranking, tenure, and status... And the consideration for his mental health and mental well-being during, you know, such a horrific family tragedy. Zack Snyder would have stayed on and completed the movie. It could have been therapeutic for him. Instead, as we see, one person is thrown under the bus here, and it's Jeff Johns. He was railroaded, usurped, undermined pretty much disrespected and pushed out. I always tell people, like, this is the definition of pushing someone else. When someone's at a job or doing something and you can't fire them, what you do is you make things so uncomfortable for them, so horrific for them, that they end up saying, you know what, I quit. That's how you force people out. And that's exactly what Jeff Jones did. And I actually believe that Jeff Jones never wanted Zack Snyder there in the first place. It looks like, because, I mean, when you look at the after effects of, you know, after Snyder left, they just completely just trashed everything he did and just went, no respect for his vision before, where he was going, his sensibilities as a filmmaker. It was clear that they were like, thank God he's gone. Now let's just, you know, completely go ham. I'm sure they never ever called to say, Oh, you know what? This is progress. We're doing this. Will you be okay if we did this? We're taking out this and putting in that. What do you think? You know, just to, you know, it's your movie. Let's, you know, see your vision to to the end. So a lot of people who tried to to wash away Jeff John's culpability in this. And also John Berg, because John Berg still remains um uh, and also Toby Emmerich and all the people involved. This is is proof of what happened. How cruel and disrespectful and unkind and insensitive they were at such a tender like it. Like the whole thing just it it makes my skin crawl, and is one of the reasons why the Snyder Cut faithful have been so passionate because of the knowledge of stuff like this. Um, this is one of the elements because we're like, no, this is just wrong. you just don't do this to people, and so we fought for him, you know, um so what what do you guys think of of this section? Do you have anything to add, anything different to say other than what I've said?
1: um no, I mean, like there's nothing really major it, I think it's important that, like you said a couple of minutes before in one of our previous sections, Vanity Fair is you know, look, it's a big time. A publication um, you know it's one of the big trades out there and talking about what a lot of people have known for a long time reports that Steiner himself asked Whedon for help are false blah 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 it's very important for that to be acknowledged and that it's out there and that it's come from a publication like that I think the piece in there that hits me the hardest is the sentence where reeling from Autumn's death finding anguish in their work other than relief Zach and Deborah mm-hmm. quit and it backs up everything that you just said. That sentence is very painful um, and proves, I think, they didn't, he didn't just quit to quit. It's almost basically he was forced out. And quitting was like cathartic. I mean, that's, that's like the only thing that he could have done. Like, that's the only thing that would give him any peace. Because at that point, this was poisoning him more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Let's, let's move on to the next section. Um, and we'll have Manu... You Talk about uh, his favorite director, Joss Whedon. Um, so, <laughs> Whedon rewrote and re-shot about three quarters of Justice League from what Snyder can gather. When fans ask him about details of the movie that bears his name, he usually has no idea what they're talking about. Worst of all, for WB, Whedon didn't exactly... <laughs> wow, okay, what an what, what interesting choice of words. Whedon didn't exactly save the movie. When we got to see what Just actually did, it was stupefying," says to the executive who requested anonymity. The robber on the roof, so goofy and awful. The Russian family, so useless and pointless. Everyone knew it, it was so awkward because nobody wanted to admit what a piece of shit it was. Uh, thank you, Vanity Fair, for uh, the explicit language. You know, really tastefully captured the essence. Justly opened in November 2017, and Cratered. Um, they also talk about how uh, Ray Fisher has publicly claimed Whedon was abusive on set, and that Warner Brothers enabled his actions. They talk about Gal Gadot also um, filing uh, complaints. Dan also talks about the fact that the cast were loyal to Zach, and this this line really like stuck with me. This is one of the worst things that that one of my fears in life. She says. It would have been a difficult environment for any new director to walk into. I have no doubt about that. But then how Joss chose to handle that is Joss's to live with. In the aftermath of Whedon's version, a new narrative arose in social media. Released the Snyder Cut. Snyder gradually began to encourage movement, but it was hardly the first thing on his mind. So Manu, um, w- this section, what, what things really stick out to you? What's your commentary?
2: Um, well, first off... Uh, it's kind of glad to get the confirmation that he did rewrite and reshoot three quarters of the movie. I think that just that being out there for the public to read that makes our job a lot easier. We don't have to continue to tell people just how much Whedon did, because I feel that to this day people still don't really understand, <laughs> like, or or want to understand or want to accept. How, how much they did during that time span in the summer of 2017. And to kind of get a confirmation from this article that, yes, they redid two-thirds of it, that that makes me happy to read. And... Mm-hmm. All the other stuff, again, it's stuff that most of us who are in this fandom do know. Um, the the treatment on set, and actually, just like you said, uh, I really like what uh, the the quote here about "is his to live with," and I think that that really, again, it pushes forth what people what what Joss did do over this period of time, and. He is not my favorite director, by the way. I just want that to be out there. I just wanted to be made clear. What?
1: <laughs> we we were told something completely different. Uh, I know. Y'all are
2: y'all are, y'all are trying to like slander my name. God <laughs> damn. <laughs> but uh, no, it's a. I think that this section does a really good job of just again just stating facts, because again, like we know these things, but not everybody does. So this is this is good on that end.
0: Mm-hmm. All
2: right. Um. So.
0: Continuing the narrative, we'll skip forward a little bit. Um, they talk about Army of the Dead, which we're all looking forward to. They say, uh, when Snyder left Warner Brothers, he took his laptop, which is emblazoned with a Justice League sticker on the hard drive, was the original, nearly four-hour version. It was devoid of visual effects music and all the fine-tuning that make a movie a movie. It was also in black and white. To him, it was a momentum. He thought, we just show it to random people who stopped by, like our friends or whatever. Rather than fade away... Like a Michael Jordan jump shot. The demand, he didn't say a Michael Jordan jump shot. He's not that clever. Uh, the demand for the Snyder Cut gained momentum over the years. Groups paid to have single engine planes fly and release the Snyder Cut banner around both the Warner Brothers lot and Burbank at the annual Comic Con gathering in San Diego. Last year, fans pulled pulled resources to buy a Times Square billboard. Innoxious contingent of followers. Though, didn't just advocate for the movie. They also used social media to attack people who were critical of Statter or their cause. Maybe they hoped to silence dissenters, or maybe they were just being. Being trolls. In any case, film journalists with negative takes reported like getting swarmed with insults, even threats. Unfortunately, I think a lot of online fandom and fandom culture is headed in this very toxic direction, says Kaylee Donaldson, who writes for Pajiba.com, whatever the hell that is. I was about to say. <laughs> it, it is especially strong for static acolytes, she adds, perhaps because they respond misguidedly to the director's tales of loner heroes in a hostile world. I don't get this from Birds of Prey fans or Shazam. So there aren't any. Says, right on. Says <laughs> I got a little bit from Joker fans. Hmm. But nowhere near the same level. Nonetheless, she's looking forward to Snyder's movie. I think 300 is great fun. I think the first 10 movies of Watchmen are some of the best things any superhero. Just say you don't like the movie. This, all I think the 10 minutes are good, but I don't like the rest of it. Even if she doesn't end up liking the Snyder Crush, she says, I would rather watch one person's chaos than the committee's snooze fest. Really? I wish she was saying this in 2017. When I she wish she was...
2: never said anything to be perfectly well, honest with you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> then he brings in the psychologist, Drea L- L- Tam- yeah. A clinical psychologist who explores superhero archetypes on the Arkham Sessions podcast notes that fans get especially aggressive on social media when they feel they've been denied something. What I have observed is an enduring false sense of ownership, which can manifest as abuse, threats, and strong, intense reactions when a story doesn't go their way. She says, fighting for the unseen cut co- of the film became a cause, and some quarters of war's behavior met- metastasized. Their shouts and the people are listen to them. Even if it's negative comments, they get impossible reinforcement to continue down their path. The trolls may have actually held back the movement like looters in an otherwise peaceful demonstration. It's not a cringes or descriptions of the abusive tactics. I 100% think it's wrong. I don't think that anyone should be calling anyone anything. I've always tried to keep people in the fandom attention who do good things. So there's this huge portion that's dedicated to um, you know talking about toxic fans and trolls and he brings in you know a couple of experts unbiased experts scientists you know <laughs> um, i mean you know since he brought in the experts and the scientists um, hmm. it must be facts so let's start with christian then we'll go to Manu, and then i will i'll conclude on, on this section christian when you read this what was your thoughts
1: i'll hit on a couple things here i it, i mean it's it's clear that they want the author wants to wants has something to say about toxic fandoms. I don't know if this person is someone who's been attacked, has a story to tell, you know, is now has PTSD. I have no idea if that's what it is. But whatever the case is, it seems like they have something that they want to say. Now I don't pretend to know as much about Kaylee as you guys do, but I looked up her background. And I went, holy shit, that's unbiased. Cool. All right, moving on. Um, that because that's clearly not she's clearly not unbiased. I'm sorry. She's, you know, I, all I had to do was take a look at some of her past comments and some of the, I was like, okay, well that's, that's not biased at all. That's whatever. Um, and I didn't necessarily, I don't even know if I would want to go into what the clinical psychologist said, uh, cause that was just like, you know, pseudoscience gobbledygook and kind of going up crazy there. I think that the, the couple of quick things is that you know, we've we talked about this before, Lupe. Um, toxicity, toxic is a, is a word that we can throw around. I could say something really awful about you online. You jump in to defend me, and I'm like, bang, Lupe's toxic. Fuck mm-hmm. him. He attacked mm-hmm. me. Um, it's very easy to do that, and it's very easy to pull the victim card out when that happens. Mm. The flip side to that, I've said this before. I'll say it again. I am neck deep in Star Wars fandom and a bunch of others. We do have to accept that there are toxic elements to all of our fandoms. And what we tend to do is look the other way when they're fighting on our side. I hated Roger Clemens before he became a Yankee, loved him when he was on the Yankees, and then hated him again when he left. That's just kind of how it goes. So we, we do have to accept that maybe sometimes we need those warriors. We sometimes need the guy that's going to throw a 98-mile-an-hour fastball at somebody's head, and we sometimes need that. But that doesn't necessarily, we, we just have to accept that they're there. It's that simple. And sometimes our fandoms, because I see it in Star Wars all the time, try to say, oh no, they don't exist. They don't exist. We don't do anything. We're nice to everybody. Bullshit. Just accept that they're there. And some people probably do take it too far, but they usually are the minority. Usually most people that are fighting for something are not the ones that take it too far. And there are always two sides to every story. Because a lot of times when I, re- when I read back on somebody like this, they said something that was out of line. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden turned around and were like, well, I was attacked. It does come on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, come on. Mm -hmm. So I think that this particular section wanted to go a certain way and they were trying to make a hit. And that's what they were trying to do. And why didn't they pick somebody else in the fandom that could have given them an alternate perspective? They didn't. Mm
0: -hmm. And that's where
1: I'm disappointed.
0: All right, um, Manu.
1: I'll say
2: that just like, just how the piece is constructed. There is, like, one paragraph about the good stuff that we've done, you know? And then there's, like, what a three... Pa- what do you mean, a line? Listen.
1: Yeah, you're lucky if you got a paragraph. Like it's- yeah, all right, you're right. Yeah,
2: uh, groups paid to have... So yeah, there's one sentence, really. Yeah, there is one sentence. And then there's three paragraphs about, about um, how uh, extreme and noxious and horrible we are and all this whatnot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, listen... This environment in and of itself is toxic. We've talked about this earlier in this pod. How many people have their have had their platforms grow due to hate, due to shitting on something or saying that something sucks or attacking somebody else? The media needs to be honest about itself. And this is the problem when you have access media reporting on access media. Mm-hmm. You, like, you're making it sound like these guys just woke up one day and got upset and just took it out on random people. No. And again, it's, it's, the, it's, it's demeaning what these fans have done. But it's also misrepresenting what the access media has done. Because, look, listen to this use social media attack people who were critical of Snyder or their cause. So when you hear that, what does it sound like? Like, oh, I didn't like his movie. I thought it was too dark. It needed a little bit of that Marvel pep. Not mentioning that these people were horrible, absolutely horrible to Zach. Like, I don't even care what they may say about me. But the way that they talked about Zach, all the things that were said and written, we don't have to go over it. We were there. We saw it. And the fact that that's not here is a problem for me. Because this piece, as far as I'm concerned, is incomplete without that part of it. That we were, in fact, reacting to something greater than ourselves, which is the toxicity that permeates social media and the Internet all around so the fact that we're constantly like looked at through a microscope and like yeah the snyder cut fandom is so toxic the negativity is beyond anything that i've ever seen before
1: (laughs) it's the first time i heard you use that accent that was i don't know where it came from (laughs) how much bourbon have you had tonight
2: (laughs) actually none But again, it it does it does such a decent new job of actually talking about what took place and what happened. And, and I just and and this part really gutted me because there's a lot of good parts in this article. But this part again, maybe it's because it's about you know people that I have worked closely with. And like I'll say it, man, I love this fandom. Like yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of y'all pissed me off, sure, but there's so many great things about this fandom. Like. I remember one time, like, a year ago, there was one member that was going through a very, very difficult time, and and the fandom helped him, like, legitimately helped him. I don't want to say more about it because I don't want to put him on blast, but, like, that's, that's the kind of kindness and softness and, like, just effervescent love that I've seen take part within this community. But, again, we never talk about that because, you know what, somebody said something mean to Christian Harloff or gentleman or this lady Kaylee Donison for pajiba.com and and again it goes back to earlier like it always seems like we don't matter and what matters more is protecting the access media and the and the and the and the, and the, the position of studios because again what we did is something that is emblematic about the power of a group of people working together for something, and I really feel that there's a lot of people in the access media that are uncomfortable with that idea.
0: Absolutely. Um, I'm a. I'm a just. I'm a just keep it real, uh, Anthony Bresnikan, You should have kept this one in the drafts, for real. <laughs> you should have just sent it straight to the trash bin, as a matter of fact, because it was never ever going to be useful or or good like this portion of the of the interview just so misses the mark it's it's gross and it reinforces everything like what has changed the reason why a lot of the fandom has been quote unquote toxic and the reason why we're aggressive against them is because of stuff like this it's because of trying to lie and twist narratives and paint this picture and if they're scared of us now if we're notorious if they know that if you say something bad about Zach Snyder you're gonna get swarmed I'm happy for it I make no apologies about it it's okay if now they're writing you know fluff pieces saying oh Zach snyder is actually like a nice guy oh but his fandom is toxic attack us the fans and leave Zach alone i'm per- I'm perfectly fine with that they don't they don't do anything for me they don't pay my rent they don't you know contribute to my investment portfolio they don't contribute to my business you know ventures so i don't care what they think about me what now gets me and gets me so disappointed is when i see other fans taking the sides of these bloggers. And usually it's fans who are newer to the game because they don't understand how it works. They don't understand why Snyder fans had to go out of their way to make sure that whenever anyone tries to see anything negative about Zack Snyder, we, we, we give him pushback. That's all it is. It's a challenge. But what these people want to do is they want to have the freedom to be toxic Without the consequences of being toxic, it doesn't work like that, baby. It doesn't work like that. That's not reality, you know. Welcome to the real world, welcome to the universal law. Okay, if you're meeting up with if you're meeting toxic fans, what have you done to make them treat you in a toxic way? That's what you got to start asking yourself, you know what I'm saying? Like, I have no problem with them saying that. A lot of people in the fandom are toxic or aggressive, and you know eh, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. But don't try to act like you're innocent. Like, oh no, all I said was like I don't like this movie. But everyone is free to their own taste. And then they came and they said I should commit suicide, and I should die, and uh, I should be raped in the streets. Nah, the 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 tweets that these people that these people make are disgusting. They're gross. They are toxic. So, of course, you're going to get toxic blowback. Like there's a Kelly Donaldson. This person particularly has a history of using disgusting language and attacking Zack Snyder. You know, talking about how, you know, comparing Zack Snyder's filmmaking to furiously masturbating saying that you know it's slow motion masturbate re- destruction. Oh I can I, I can't get through Zack Snyder can't get through filmmaking without you know destroying something or, or and or furiously masturbating. Calling Zack Snyder a hack. What do you think the the response of that is gonna be? Oh you're a wonderful person. That's cool. Other you problems get man the, so uh, you're yeah. gonna get to <laughs> the level who are going to be like you know what like that's uncalled for. You shouldn't talk like that. Blah blah. You should do. But you are going to get some people who are going to come in your mentions and and rip you to shreds. But that should be expected. You're an adult. Who does that? Who goes out punches someone in the face and and like you're not going to punch me back. Like like it's it's so illogical. But I Why think do people that
1: forget that like social media is a public forum too. Like they go on Twitter and they say something you, and then you know they don't understand you, when people hit them back. Like, bro, you just you said it on Twitter. <laughs>
0: like, what's the matter with you? You know what it is? I'm beginning to, I, like, it's one thing that I've always said is that whenever you have an issue or something's confounding you, the the correct answer is usually the most direct, rational, logical one. And it's that these people, they know these facts. Mm. But the truth about it is that they're obsessed with the power that comes with having a platform and a voice and they've come up against people who have pushed back against that who have pushed back against they're all there oh i work for vanity fear i work for variety i have a blue check mark i have his followers i can say whatever i want about any director and do whatever i want and i'm looking. and all of a sudden there's a particular group of people who are like no you can't And that as Manu said frustrates them to no end. So let's let's move on to the next section so we don't dwell too much on that. we can talk about that for days. What I would just implore people in the fandom to do is this is and one of the most I'm passionate about is that I love our fandom do not take the side of bloggers no matter what you do. all right like the mafia say don't take the side of outsiders against the family do not that's something that i will always be passionate about i lose respect for people in the fandom once i hear them saying oh you know oh, you guys are toxic and are giving us a bad name bloggers were toxic before we ever even had a name they do not want us to not be toxic they want us to not be around period we would never have gotten the snyder cut if we were if we were The reason why a lot of us galvanized and banded together was because we needed to against the bloggers. So them disliking us is par for the courts. It's okay. It's fine. Revel in it. Be fine with not being liked by bloggers. It's okay. You will still be alive. Trust me. And Zack Snyder's movies are going to do exceedingly well. Don't worry about it. All right, so there's this fun section that I want us to uh, talk about. Um, That's right, coming up on the end of the article. Uh, It talks about his interactions with uh, with, uh, Warner Brothers. It says, initially, Snyder says, Warner Brothers just wanted to release the raw footage on his laptop. I was like, that's a no. That's a hard no, he says. And they're like, but why? You can just put up the rough cuts. Snyder didn't trust their motivations. He says, I go... Here's why. Three reasons. One, you get the internet off your back, which is probably your main reason for wanting to do this. Two, you get to feel vindicated for making things right, I guess, on some level. And then three, you get a shitty version of the movie that you can point at and go, See? It's not that good anyway, so maybe I was right. I was like, no chance. I would rather just have the Sinatica be a mythical unicorn for all time. Snyder estimates that it costs around $17 million to undo Whedon's redo. For that, HBO Max gets four hours of hotly anticipated programming in the Hollywood Comeback Story of a Lifetime. Snyder himself gets nothing. I'm not getting paid he He was paid first time, of course. This time he wants creative control and foregoing a fee helped. I didn't want to be beholden to anyone and allowed me to keep my negotiating powers with these people pretty effing strong he didn't say effing but i'm saying effing because he got full total creative control and he's wilding out like he should be so manu uh what are the the cool things you you glean from in this section oh
2: uh, really i just love uh his just the fact that he didn't get paid so that he could have as much freedom as he wanted and you know we're already getting to see that with some of the shots that we saw from the latest trailer uh adding a joker in there and uh, just uh, even the the aspect ratio of the movie, like he's he just seems like he's at this point where um, he's incredibly confident in himself and in his abilities. And I think it goes back to what you said earlier that he now understands that no matter what, he has the backing of a large segment of fans. And it, it excites me for Justice League because we we're going to get Zack Snyder unleashed. Like hmm. probably the most unleashed we've seen until we see Army of Dead two hmm. months later, because you know we're getting spoiled. Uh, but uh, I, I I really love his attitude and how he spoke about in the in the with the with the with, with Warner Brothers about just releasing the footage. He's absolutely right. If you're gonna do this, you might as well do it. And I'm and I'm really happy that in a few weeks' time, like you know, it'll be here.
0: That's crazy. Crazy to hear you say those words. Wow. wow. Um, yeah, yeah, for me, the things that stick out to me are Zack Snyder's a very, very smart man. I mean, obviously you don't get to 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 have that level of prolific success by being an idiot, except if you're just Whedon, then you'll eventually lose it all. But um he um, people need to to key into this 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 fact. One. Snyder says he didn't trust their motivations. Which is what we've been saying all along. Like, these people, no matter what they say, and I'm, what he says there, we're talking about people, the decision makers. the Who are Haman, still there. And he told me, Emmerich, the people there. Do not trust them. Do not, like, if you're in a room with them, don't turn your back to them. Like if you're if you're making your way like out the door, just, just back up facing them. Like, I'm all right, so I'm leaving now. You know, like he didn't trust them because that's that's they're, they're not trustworthy. Also I thought it was very interesting that he said, You get the internet of the back, which is probably your main reason for wanting to do this. And that's one thing I had a discussion with him and I told him that part of our strategy for for getting the Snyder cut was making them look bad by yelling so loudly and so continually to the point where they're just like these people just (laughs) did, we just need to make them go away. And because it's just a constant embarrassment to them. A constant reminder of their failure, a constant reminder of their failure to be able to leverage, you know, this amount of fervor, all that stuff. Also the toxicity itself the rabidness of the fan base. Trust me when I tell you this, that Zack Snyder will never, and will never ever claim the toxicity ever. And he should not, but trust me, he knows that it's useful. He's not stupid. And that's one reason why nobody in this fandom can ever pull up any of my tweets and be like, Oh, Lupe, you're, you're a toxic person. People generally don't call me toxic. The only reason they call me toxic is because I I embrace the people in our fandom who are toxic. Because it's a special skill. Like some of us, we cannot exist in that state of toxicity for a long time, where it, it's it, it it affects us mentally, we can't do it, but there's some people who live in it, who revel in it, and they're useful. Very, very useful. I've, they have bailed me out of, like being bombarded by Marvel Vans and stuff like that. They've cleared the, the fog of war for me. So I understand. That. There is no way Zack Snyder doesn't understand that people, you know, challenging these people aggressively is necessary. Because I'm telling you, because of how quote unquote toxic this fandom is, I've seen I've seen a change in the behavior Of bloggers I have seen it so you can say the end justifies the means or you can take the path of you know what did we do did did we sell our souls to get get there regardless I, I don't that's that's a great philosophical debate but I think that that line is very important to understand that the collective voice including the toxic parts including the parts that you know when we were bombarding Warner Brothers with letters and with phone calls and flooding their inboxes and emails and flooding their Twitter posts. We were called toxic for that. Remember, like that's one reason why Umberto is personal non grata in this fandom. Like he said that we're crazy, that we're harassing, you know. Um and there were people in the fandom who agreed with him, you know, because they want to look good, they want a good name. But some of us were like look you may call it toxicity but it works you do not make omelets without breaking eggs you know and that's and i really wanted to point to the fact that there's a section where he he compared um you know snyder fans to people who burn you know during riots and stuff like that and i've i've always said it you will never ever hear me say, like get mad at, at people who, like, riot, like, oh, they're not peaceful, or whatever, when they're destroying property. It's when people are aggrieved, when people are protesting. Like, people, people who want peaceful riots and stuff like that, peaceful riots, it's, that's an awesome one, are people who don't want the issue to move. That's just, that's just the truth of life. You know? One of my favorite quotes is from, um, it's, it's, It's not from Marcus Garvey, but from one of the early civil rights leaders who says, you know, you know, people who want uh, who want change without without agitation are like people who want, you know, uh, 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 crops without the beating of the rain and who want, you know, fields without the plowing and tilling of the land something to to that effect and so anyway that's just to to go on about how like this is it's it's an important philosophical thing that that might go over people's heads and it's a debate that's constantly had but at the end of the day we are here and um and and i'm glad i'm glad for that um let's move into the latter sections uh this is like the end of it um so You know, Deborah Snyder, you know, uh, and and Zach, you know, they have these beautiful words. As for the fan base, the Snyder movement has contributed half a million dollars to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention through donations, sales of merchandise, and auctions of props. Deborah says, people have been saying, oh, they attack people. Her eyes tearing. But this fan base has saved lives. As much as they wanted something for themselves, they've come together for this amazing cause. You feel so helpless trying to help someone, and you don't know what to do. It's literally life or death. And I felt like we didn't really know where to turn. Rebuilding the story he always envisioned is what invigorates Snyder the most. He can go as deep and dark as he likes. He can say to hell with DC's official timeline for the characters and let his alternate version of the Justice League story wind up wherever he pleases. He has put Superman in sleek black suit instead of the iconic blown red. He's added Joker. He has reshot the ending with a hero cameo that will blow hardcore fans' mind. In what may be a divisive move, he's pre- presenting uh, the movie uh, in IMAX format. Some may be irritated. Seeing *Justice League* on HBO Max with black bars on the side, Snyder pretty much doesn't care. He, the director, has also layered some deeply personal elements. The movie closes closes with Leonard Cohen's "Hallelujah," performed by Alison Crowe, a friend who also sang it at Autumn's funeral. It was Autumn's favorite song. Now it's an elegy to her. *Justice League*, however, anyone feels about it, is made of things and people. Snyder loves too. When you think about the catharsis of it, if I was a potter, I would have made some pottery to look for some way through this, he says, But I'm a filmmaker, so you get this giant movie. He wants people to love it. If some don't, he's all right with that, with all of it. Whatever it comes, he's okay. What is my worth? What am I supposed to do? What am I about? It's like Snyder is answering audience questions for himself. So it's a great conclusion. Guys, do you have any concluding thoughts on this section and the article in general? Let's start with Christian.
1: I actually really like the way it ends. It seems like he's very much at peace Um, With everything, you guys mentioned everything about him not getting paid or he's already made his money. Um, He gets to make what he wants to make. He gets to create what he wants to create, which at the end of the day is what artists really want to do. Mm -hmm. He's passionate about it. He's poured his heart and soul into it. It's okay if some people hate it. That's going to happen. I don't like everything he makes. I love some of the shit he makes. That's that's art. There's paintings and music and everything out there that falls into the same category with everybody. So I actually really like this. It's it's an uplifting ending to to this particular article. I love the fact that it ends with Autumn's words, that it's reminding you that this in a sense is also about her, um, that her presence and her influence is still felt in he and Deborah's lives every single day. And that's a huge part of it. Closing with what the movement has done for that particular uh, foundation and as well as that charity. The only thing I'll say before I stop is that I really wish these positive aspects that we got at the end, there was more of that, You know, in the rest of the article, we just talked about how there were like two sentences and that's it. Um, Talking about the toxicity in the fandom and you don't get the flip side. You don't get to hear other people's side of the story. It's just got such a great uplifting ending. And I think that could have been the bulk of you need a little bit of the controversy in the article. I agree. But I just think there was so much more that could have been done to really highlight what was highlighted at the end.
0: Mm. Well said. Well said. Manu, what about you?
1: Uh, I agree with what
2: Christian said. He's... Again, he's he's right. Um, I'm looking forward to this movie, Uh, and honestly, I'm looking forward to whatever comes next in Zach's career. I think that whatever he decides to do, you know, it's going to surprise and you know uh, astonish many. Mm -hmm. Um, But with that said, you know, um, you can't forget the journey that we took to get here. You can't forget. You know the the sad the very sad um part of this story as well um i wish that the movement would have been um recognized for all of their good works and their organized principles uh it's unfortunate that we weren't but you know what we got what we wanted at the end of the day and we've never wanted or needed validation or acceptance or even an apology All we've ever wanted was each other. All we ever needed was each other, and we've been able to do great things together. Uh, So, whether the rest of the world sees that or wants to see that or understands that, it really doesn't matter because Mm -hmm. they're not part of this. This was Mm -hmm. our thing, this is for us. And I think that it's important to remember that in the weeks and months ahead that you have to enjoy this. Enjoy it, embrace it, and realize that you've won. Everything that you're gonna hear from other people is is just it's like it's like blood in the wind because they lost, and deep down they know mm-hmm. that they've lost. We mm-hmm. won. Let's mm-hmm. let's take our victory lap. Let's enjoy these weeks and 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 let's embrace the Snyder Cut for whatever it is when it comes out. Because you know what, by the end of this thing. Elephants might be like flying all birds and shit. We got a fucking Jesus, uh, Jesus Joker. <laughs> Who the fuck knows what that guy going on in here? So <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm happy. I'm relieved. Uh, and I'm just really looking forward to the next chapter of not only Zack Snyder or Justice League, but about you know what this could mean for all fandoms going forward. Like. Who else is going to, to try to, to do what we've done? And how will that be received by the world? Because I, I think that in a lot of ways, this could be a paradigm shift. And I hope that everybody is taking note and paying attention to all we've seen in the past few weeks. You know, Blue Beetle, Supergirl. Um, these attempts to kind of drive attention away from the cut. Uh, and it's not working. Uh, none, none of the stuff that they've announced has even been able to grab 1% of the traction that the Snyder Cut has been Im- imbued with. And I think that the Warner Brothers is paying attention to that. And the world is going to take notice. So, you know, let's just enjoy what's what's to come.
0: Yeah, um, I agree with you guys. You guys said it, You guys said it very well. For me, just... Karen, i don't care what kaylee mcdonald mcdonald the hoffenheiser thing what's her name who cares Um, (laughs) uh what she or dr lamentenda whatever their names are insignificant people i don't care what they think about us as fans i care what do Snyders think about us as fans? Because that's who we did it for. We did it for them. We did it for us. We are all we got. Okay. And that's what I want that I'm I'm reverberating Manu's sentiment, but expanding, <clears throat> expanding on it. This ending with Deborah Snyder tearing up and 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 acknowledging the fandom for for how how much of a positive contribution we've made to them and to the world. That's everything for me. That's all we ever wanted. We wanted to uplift the Snyders in every single way that we could. And we accomplished it. So, whatever anyone says, oh, they're toxic, they attack people, good. It's fine. We'll take that. There is a sacrifice and a cost to being. That's one thing that I love about Zack Snyder's movies and, you know, relaying myth-telling and fables and stories and philosophies and bringing everything full circle. Zack Snyder shows heroes and those heroes, there is a price for, for, for digging deep and, and getting in there and fighting. You do not leave unscathed. It's, it's a universal law. It's not all rainbows and sunshine. So if at the end of the day, you know, we're known as a toxic fandom and people revile us and hate us and spit at us. Well, they were doing that in the beginning in the first place. But if that's the price that we have to pay for peace of mind and happiness for the Snyders and for them to, you know, just have for, for them to just have some relief and some blessing, I'm I'm glad I'm glad about that. And, you know, just as as Zach, you know, said at the end of it, you know. Um, if some people love us, that's fine. If some people don't, that's all right. Whatever comes, we'll be okay because we're criminals, Lupe we've always been criminals nothing's criminal. changed nothing has changed. well said so that's our our special episode of e n n uh for the day thank you guys for listening it was it went on a lot longer than we wanted it to, but I think it's a really comprehensive deep dive into this into this article and and you got our thoughts uh want to thank you know uh my co-hosts. Manu and Christian for uh, coming on this ride, for backing me up, riding shotgun, taking the wheel. It was a beautiful road trip through the wastelands. And before we go, I'd like you guys to say goodbye to the people. So let's start with Christian.
1: Hey, everybody, go to your local comic shop and pre-order Justice League 59 with the Sniper Cut uh, with with the variant covers. Support local, man. Definitely. Mm. Uh, This was great. Thank you all. And you can find me on both Twitter and Instagram at the same place. I'm at chart six, three, six, three.
0: All right. And Manu,
2: uh, after you've done what chart did and you went down to your local comic book shop, BVS four K ultimate edition in IMAX is about to be listed by Walmart and target. So go ahead and cop that as well, because if that does well, who knows what, you know, what else might come in the future. Uh, and uh, you can find me at ManUnited0710 on Twitter. And, you know, it just kind of feels good to be to be diving into, into podcasting again. It's been a while. So thank you for having me on, Lou.
0: Thank you very much. And we look forward to having you on many more episodes. Uh, we're going to continue our uh, previews uh, that we have titled Countdown to the Snyder Cut. You're going to get episodes of that every single week um, when the Snyder Cut comes out rest assured you're going to get a review you're going to get a deep dive round table discussion that's going to be hours long it's going to exhaust the entire you know movie uh you're going to get video essays from us as well so just you guys we have a lot of amazing things you know in the oven cooking up bacon for you guys and i have been yours truly lupe you can find me on twitter at live love lupe you can find me on vero at live love lupe as well We have been yours, The Film Exiles. You can find us on Twitter, at The Film Exiles, and you can find us on Vero, at The Film Exiles as well. Stay safe, be good to each other, cherish each other, hold each other. Wherever you go, whatever you do, stay exiled.